This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Defy the elements with Forlow, clothing and gear that's 100% sourced and made in the USA. Forlow is a new technical hunting and outdoor brand that helps you forge deeper connections with nature. Choose Forlow. Adventure awaits at Forlow.com. This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like X has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Good evening and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and serial YTK blogger XWHU employee. West Ham moved a step closer to Premier League safety after a fantastic win against Norwich on Saturday but with Aston Villa and Bournemouth also picking up points our work is far from done. It's Watford on Friday and that is categorically a must win game. Can the boys potentially put this season to bed with a crucial win or will they lose their bottle and take this to the final day? We'll be talking about the situation as it stands before getting exclusive news and views from X and answering questions from our collective followers on social media. That's all coming up on tonight's show. Before we talk about West Ham, we have to say a huge thank you to everyone that donated to the West Ham way after our last show. We were genuinely blown away by the response that we received and the comments that accompanied the donations meant just as much. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you to everyone that contributed. It's very much appreciated and the money will go to good use. The donations link is still open if you'd like to extend your generosity. X, we're back together again. Oi, oi. <laughs> I've been missing you. Oh, mate, honestly, the picture by the bedside table just doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, I needed the real thing. Yeah. Um, mate, it it's it's good to see you because although we speak on a regular basis, I mean, we literally haven't seen each other for three or four months. Well, I would say the last time we did must have been that Arsenal game, is it not? Jesus. Which was when? March time, maybe, something like that. And wow. must have been because that's certainly that's the last 
football match that West Ham had, isn't it? Um, yeah. Before the lockdown, and um, that was when we went to that game. So yeah, and for uh, like for us, where we do the podcast and the events and holidays and so on, we do tend to see each other once, twice a week. So yeah. it has been a long time. Mate. Well, it's a second you marriage know? for both it of is, us, really, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you know, no, no with no perks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, that's what we'll tell people <laughs> yeah, anyway. Exactly, yeah. um, but uh, no, it is good to be back in your in your small bedroom with your feet. <laughs> yeah. in my face again and, uh, you've missed these feet I be have, honest I have I love, love the dinosaur claws um, and uh, yeah no, it is good to be back and I hope that uh, you know we're, we're still two metres apart although his feet might be touching within that two well no I think my toenails are two metres so oh, that's okay. a good way to gauge it fair enough it's definitely so, enough space yeah so we're socially distanced but uh, <laughs> yeah no it is good to be back you know we were meant to be going to Australia today so I know um, take take Lee not quite as glamorous <laughs> as, uh, as Brisbane, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll go with it. It's better than nothing. Yeah, and that's quite a depressing fault because we were going to start our uh, West Ham Way event adventures, mm. which is going to start in Brisbane, obviously, yeah. this week, flying out today, and then Los Angeles next month. So that is a little bit depressing. Um, and, you know, for most of this season, West Ham's been quite depressing, but recently. Mm. They've surprised us. I mean, since the win against Chelsea, we've picked up four points from Newcastle, Burnley and Norwich, respectively. Are you comfortable with the way we're performing at the moment? Um, well, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a bit random. As always with West Ham, there's not no consistency, which has been the um, definition of our season. Uh, I think in all the games, we've been competitive, which I know mm. that doesn't sound like much, but given the previous form, that is something because... You know, maybe the Wolves game, we we started quite well in that game. Um, it was nil-nil at half-time, was it, from memory? Um, and then the Spurs game, we were in that. Until the dodgy goal, obviously, beat Chelsea. Burnley, I thought we matched them until they scored that goal. Uh, Newcastle, I think we could have won that on another day. And then, obviously, we won um, 4 nil at Norwich. Totally outplayed them. I mean, that isn't... The biggest achievement in life because they're not the greatest of teams, but mm. still to go away from home and win 4 0 in a high pressured scenario because obviously they were fighting for their lives as as were we. So I think if you was to offer me the league looking like it's looking now at this point of the season at the start of lockdown, whether I would have taken it or not, I think I would have taken it. So if I gauge that as the as the benchmark, then I wouldn't say I'm happy, I'd say I'm content. But obviously tomorrow's game is the oh. is the huge factor in that. It is. And you make a fair point there. I think you could go as far as to say that we're in form at the moment. I mean, looking at it, Chelsea win was massive. I'd have taken a point against Newcastle yeah. before the game and that's what we got. You could argue that we deserve to win against Burnley if you look at the chances, some yeah. of which were clear-cut. Yeah, should have been sending off as well. Yeah, so he was quite unlucky in that game. And then we absolutely smashed Norwich. What are you expecting from the Watford game tomorrow night? Um, I would like to think a win. Um, I'd, I mean, Do you expect to win? Yes, I think. Because, um, I mean, if you look at the two teams, I know you look on paper, don't mean anything, but if you look at our squad, we should be better than them. They... Got a, a decent result against Newcastle, was it? I'm losing track of all the games. I'm losing so track now. myself. I know they beat Newcastle because they were one nil down, and then um, maybe was it Palace after that? I don't know. I, I don't know. But they're, but they're not like looking overly convincing in their games. Um, mm. So I I think on the back of a four nil win, um, with your striker scoring four goals. 
I would hope that we can take that, and I think it'll be a narrow win, like mm. 2-1 maybe, 1-0, that type of thing. But I, I think we should have enough. But let's face it, if we got a draw, that wouldn't be the end of the world. Obviously, a win is amazing. A draw would not be the end of the world if we got that. But I hope, I hope we get the win and then we can just sort of start to relax a little bit. Well, it's in our hands now. Yeah. And I'm expecting a win. Yeah. Um, a draw wouldn't be the end of the world, but it wouldn't be great either. We'd no. still be steeping pressure on ourselves with a point. Yeah. I'm expecting 110%. No excuses. I mean, this is in our hands, like I say. We're a better side than Watford, and this is our golden opportunity to ultimately cement our place in the Premier League next season. Yeah. Because I think, from memory, looking at the table, if we win tomorrow, I don't think Bournemouth can mathematically match us. And I, I think, think, isn't it? Aren't they three points behind? I so say they, but we've got much better goal difference. That's it's, it's either Villa or Bournemouth. I think it might even yeah. be Villa. Yeah. So Villa, Villa. Yeah. If we win tomorrow, um, and they lose tonight, and they lose today. Villa can't. They catch can't us. catch yeah, us because they're four behind. And Bournemouth can, but our goal difference is too superior. So Bournemouth are three points behind us, but they've played a game more. So obviously, if we That's won, right. we'd be. Um, six points ahead um, and then they'd have to win both games and they'd have to overturn uh, minus 10 goal deficit it, exactly well. so mm. tomorrow is humongous it's one of for the West biggest Ham. games in our it, recent history I would yeah, say yeah do you know what I don't think that's an overstatement well, because probably the playoff final was the last well the thing is win. staying in the division financially has never been more important than it is in this day and age yeah. you know it's catastrophic for any team to go down so yeah. that's a fair statement to make it is massive and for that reason I want to see absolute focus mm. we've got to treat this like a cup final the attitude has got to be right the way that we apply ourselves in this game is going to be the difference between winning and losing because you're quite right. You know, our squads don't match on paper. Mm. We're, we're much better than they are. We're much better than most of the teams in the bottom half, mm. but we just haven't shown it enough because we haven't applied the right attitude. And when we have, we've beaten the likes of Chelsea. We've smashed Norwich. Mm. We've played well at Newcastle. So it's all about, are these boys up for it? And that's what I'm going to be looking at. And I don't want to see any, you know... I haven't wanted to see any stupid social media posts and fucking players doing pranks and all this stupid oh, stuff. Yeah. I just want to see them get their heads down mm. and give 110% in what is the most important game of the season. And then after that, if we get the win, we can all breathe and, and live our lives a bit easier and, mm. and put this season to bed because yeah. it's been a shower of shit, oh, really. Mate, I just want this season to end, to be honest with you. like I mean, the main highlights for me out of this season is the two Chelsea games. You know, the yeah. the, the away game we were both at together. That yep. was a an amazing day out. And then, you know, you obviously no one was at the home game, but still to beat them in that last minute kind of dramatic style was also amazing. But other than that, it's very hard to pick... They beat Man United at home, didn't we? So maybe that. But there's not many other highlights, nah. is there really? Um, and I think, yeah, I just uh, this whole year. I really, I mean, look, I don't want to become ungrateful because my year could have been a lot worse than a lot of people's. But um, you know, when we talked about the whole Australia, the American thing, the the season, it would be nice for it to just be done and dusted, move on, and hopefully things get better so yeah i just want this season over with now and then hopefully we're can... grateful <laughs> yeah hopefully we can just move on and build and get better yeah and one thing that i think's key for tomorrow 
is if we take the lead, we have to keep our focus. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, we've dropped more points than any other side in the division. It's horrendous. I think, we, I think if you add, or if we'd won the games that we dropped points from, I think I, I might be wrong, but I thought I heard we'd be like fifth or sixth in the league. I think I can like tell that. you specifically, Jordan. it's 24 points that we've dropped, right. more than anyone else. Yeah. If you add that to our total, we would currently be sixth, right. one point away from fourth. Fucking now, hell. Now, obviously... <laughs> Not every team in the division is always going to go on to win a game they're leading. Yeah. But if you humour me for a minute, let's say we would have done that, our season just looks completely different. Yeah. Completely different. And do you know what? You could go as far as to argue, are those boys better than we're giving them credit for? Because maybe this is down to that period where Roberto was in goal. Yeah. You said that yourself. Yeah. And the fact that we've just lacked concentration. So it isn't necessarily a, a case of not having enough quality in the side. Maybe if we can just tighten up our concentration levels and focus when we are in the lead and have a solid, reliable goalkeeper throughout the whole season, maybe we are the team that before the season we thought that we were going to be in, and knocking on a place of Europa League. Do you know what? I think that's an interesting point. And I think, to me, for me, it relates back to something that... Both you and I have said on this podcast numerous times that, yes, it's concentration, but I also believe it's not having enough leaders at the club yeah, as well. 100%. So where we've gone you know, into the lead in previous games, you need your captain to keep that concentration, keep that focus on the pitch, motivate the players, tell them to... You know, keep their heads in certain situations. And really, now, now that Zabaleta's left, really, you could argue we have Mark Noble, we have Declan Rice. Mm. Who else do we have? You could argue possibly Ogbonna. Is he captain material? Debatable. You could argue Cresswell, possibly. Is he captain material? Very debatable. Who else is there? Mm. You know, and I think that could be a problem. So when we when we look to sign players, if we stay up, I think we have to look for not just their ability as footballers, obviously, but their mental toughness as well, because that is shocking to have lost twenty four points, mm. even if you take on average. Because you're right. You never always score first and then win the game. But even if you take on average, let's say half of those games, then that we did go on to win, yeah. you said 24 points. So that's, so that's 12 points. If you add 12 points to us now, we'd have 46, which would take us um, but just ahead of Everton. In uh, It would be an 11th spot. We'd be well mm. clear of relegation yeah. and um, you know yeah. mid-table comfortably. Um, so whatever way you look at it, it has massively affected us. I think you're right. I think the Roberto period was an absolute shambles. You can blame numerous people for that. You can blame uh, Husilios and Pellegrini for re- recruiting him. You can blame Pellegrini for continually continuing to pick him mm. you could blame possibly the chairman for maybe not giving enough money to buy a decent backup keeper at that point because we then went and signed randolph in january when they realized how rubbish he was um you know True, but then at the same time they've backed their manager if that's what the manager or Husilius wanted you know, if they yeah. then would have turned it back and said, no, we want someone better, they would have got slated for, for not backing their man. Yeah, so, I mean, the main fault, really, you're right, lies with Roberto as a man and Pellegrini for signing yeah. and picking him. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that contributed because prior to that, we were on form, looking decent. Mm. He came in, and I can't remember how many games he played now, but let's go with six or seven, and literally was at fault for almost every goal that we conceded in that time. Mm. And not only does that have a knock-on effect 
obvious because if you give the opposition a two three goal head start you're not going to win a game but it also affects the confidence and um, mental well-being so to speak of the outfield players regardless of the position you know if you're playing a football game don't matter how good the players are around you if the keeper's rubbish then you know you're going to struggle um, mm. and I think that really did affect us and then yeah so hopefully we'll never be in that situation again because Roberto was a whole oh, different kettle but he really was he really was um, the worst goalkeeper in the history of West Ham United there's yeah. no two ways about it I think he's taken the throne from Alan McKnight now yeah, 100%. Uh, and he'll be remembered forever for being the worst if not yeah. one of the worst in the Premier League yeah. just incredible I literally think you would have done better yourself in goal and I mean that no, I'm actually not joking five foot seven. Uh, so. yeah I mean, it, it was literally <laughs> incredible but yeah I think that that Losing that amount of points from a winning position has to be addressed because that just says to me that for some reason we're just switching off. We're not focusing. And I don't know if that's, again, attitude, complacency, laziness, probably a little bit of everything. But I also think one thing we've got to throw in there is a lack of in-game management when we're in those leads. It's the intelligence to protect that lead and use your formation, use your tactics, use players Mm. to to maximise the performance, mm. and secure that victory. That's one thing that's been lacking in David Moyes as well. 100%. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Now, I remember once, weird story, and it's going a little bit off track, right? A lot of, uh, to cut a long, long, long story short, how I kind of got to know people at West Ham and do stuff in my previous life, is that I managed the um, football team's district level. And I remember, I think I've told you this story, <laughs> uh, we were 1-0 up in a district um, <laughs> match against the against our rivals and if we won that game we would win the league so we were one nil up and people probably are gonna like slate me for this because it's not really kids um what what you should do in kids football but it was the winning mentality i I was getting them to hold it in the corner and then when they felt they were going to get tackled because obviously when you're playing on a pitch there's no stand or anything and you've only usually got one ball so when they were about to lose the ball in the the corner i was like smack it off behind the pitch and then when it went behind my end i told the goalkeeper to tie his shoelace up and stuff and we ground out that one nil win and we won the league because of it and then that's how i became to get connected at west ham because they saw some of the players we had and so on so to cut many along story short but you have to have that kind of gamesmanship in sport any sport to win you know so like you know that's why press conferences and interviews are really important like when kevin keegan blew the title in 95 or whenever it was and he lost the plot because ferguson got in his head yeah you know it's all it's all mental toughness and in-game management like you said and tactical and i think you're right west ham have naivety when it comes Mm. to those things Mm. Yeah, spot on. I mean, we've got to go back to Norwich performance because I thought that was an excellent performance. And one thing that needled me slightly, and you might agree with the people I'm talking about, is that despite the fact that we played so well and got such a fantastic result, quite a lot of people were saying, well, look, Norwich were awful. It was only Norwich. In my opinion, you can only play and beat what's in front of you. And how many times as a West Ham fan have we seen West Ham go to clubs that we're expecting to batter and got battered ourselves? And I just think you can't take anything away from what I thought was a really high-quality, comfortable, professional performance. We actually played some really good football, putting some passing together. I mean, that's the one thing that's really 
grated on me in the past with West Ham is that we, we're such a counter-attacking side. We never really seem to enjoy possession and just look comfortable and play that sort of luxurious style of play. Because I still maintain we've got the players to do it. But we saw glimpses against Norwich and I was just so happy to see us play that way. Are you one of these people that think, well, hold up, Norwich were awful? And really and truly were West Ham as good as I'm saying we were? Or was it the other way round and Norwich was shit? Or a bit of both, maybe? I'd say a bit of both. Because, I mean, you could argue Norwich then went and played Chelsea and gave them a really tough game. I mean, last... Was it 1-0? Yeah, it finished 1-0. Yeah, Giroud scored, didn't they? Um, Who, incidentally, people say is not good enough, has never been good enough to play for West Ham. That's something that baffles me, how Mm. all these top players, people never think are good enough for West Ham. Anyway, moving on from that, I, I think it was a combination of the two. I agree with you. I thought we played really, really well. I thought the passing was was great. I thought, you know, some of the moves were really good. We're looking very dangerous from set pieces, particularly with Suchek at the moment. Mm. Um, so I thought we did play really well. I do think Norwich are clearly the poorest team in the Premier League, as the league table suggests. Um, and I don't think we'd ever play a team that easy so to speak again um where their defending was just terrible i mean mm. their defending was really really yeah, poor it was. Um, but on the flip side like you said you can only beat what's in front of you norwich have beaten man city this year at home they gave chelsea a tough game um in their most recent game so they're not you know they're no mugs and um i think I think we did play really, really well. And I think that's what we've got to build on. I thought you go through the starting 11 and every player put in a shift. There wasn't one mm. player I would say was particularly weak. I include Mark Noble, who I actually would say I think was one of the best players in that game, yep. despite the recent stick he's got. Um, and, you know, your striker scored four goals. So yeah, yeah, unbelievable. When does that ever happen? I mean, I think the last time was, was it Tony Cotty, 1987 or something like that? And then David Cross, maybe nineteen. No, I think Tony Cotty was the last person to score a hat-trick away from home for West Ham. Right. And then I think David Cross in 1981 or something. Uh, Tottenham. Tottenham, yeah. I think four, was, four, four goals. Four goals, I think, yep. away. I think that yeah, was. Yeah, it's a long time to yeah, wait, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So, you know, that's... Yeah, I mean, talking about Mark Noble, he's come back into the side and he's done very well. Very well. In that last game, he has. In, in the Norwich yeah, game. Yeah. In the Norwich game. Does he still not start for you moving forward? He... So you know where I stand on this. The Watford game. And this sounds a bit stupid because with Moyes, we've never won two games in a row. I know. So my whole theory of you never change a winning team kind of gets a little bit defeated (laughs) by David Moyes. (laughs) But because we played so well against Norwich... I don't think you could justify dropping any player against Watford personally. I think, you know, there's an argument for Sebastian Allaire to come in, an argument, because he scored two goals against Watford, I think, last time uh, we played them. Mm. Um, You know, you could argue for him to come in. I thought dropping Yarmolenko against Norwich was quite harsh, but obviously justified in the end, but Mm. I thought it was quite harsh. Um, So, for me, I would keep Noble in, because it's funny, because this is how fickle and shallow football is, going into the Norwich game obviously I get the team the day before and I knew that Yarmolenko had been dropped for Noble and I was like what on earth is he doing yeah. and I was dreading the reaction when I actually put that tweet out but you can't argue Noble mm. played really well and I think you have to go the same team again against Norwich I think you have to play exactly the same team I mean you say about fans being fickle it's so true I mean it <laughs> Don't get me wrong, what I'm about to say is in support of Mark Noble, so I don't want to knock it too much. 
and we're going to put out the standard disclaimer now that we say on every single show and we say something negative about Mark Noble and that is that we love him, yada, 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 and we do. But it does kind of needle me a little bit how, you know, he can have four or five bad games, come in and have one good game and everyone's saying, look, everyone says his legs have gone, he can still give so much, let's not forget what he's done for West Ham. You know, he has, he's had an incredible career at West Ham, but at this level and to be the captain of a football club, you can't have one good game in every four, five, or six. No, I agree with you, and this is why what I've what I've said about Mark Noble recently is what I stand by it now is that I think he's still got a very valuable part to play in our squad next year. Um, however, if I was to pick my ultimate eleven to win a match, Mark Noble would be a sub in that. I would yeah. hope to have a midfielder, but. I do know that he will be capable of being one of the best players every three or four games. Um, And I think if he played less games, he might be able to be a bit more consistent because people have said his legs have gone. He does look quite sluggish at times. So obviously, if you're playing less games, you're going to be fresher the games that, that you do play. So I think that would be beneficial for him so I do think he's got a future with us I do agree like I was the I was surprised he got dropped for uh, got brought in for Norwich I've been saying he shouldn't play because I think we've been better without him but we've just won the last game 4-0 away from home so if you take him mm. out I, you, you're gonna have to the only the only maybe like for like you could do because he didn't play as advanced as Lanzini has been when he's been playing. The only real one you could maybe do is bring in Wilshire if you're going to keep the same kind of formation and and stuff. Well, it, was, and it was a flat free midfield, was that kind right? Of, a I mean, flat I think free Noble central was free. Slightly more advanced than Suchek and yeah, Rice, but it, it wasn't like a Lanzini or an Anderson in that kind of number ten role. It was more mm. more. But then, but then, do you play? A central midfield free at home to Watford. Oh, yeah, Should you that... not be using a number ten and just have two defensive holding yeah. midfielders? Because if you do, you ain't putting Noble in over Rice or Suchek. Oh no, 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 no way. You so don't... in which case are you happy to play a central free at home to? It's Watford, a very, then? it's a very good argument, mate. I must admit, and uh, uh, but I just think if you've won a game four 0 I just think you have to try it again. And yeah, and if it's not, if it's not working up until half time. You do have Hilaire, Yarmolenko, um, Wilshire, Lanzini, Anderson, hopefully, that you can bring on and change change the system. Um, so I would I would go with that same team against Norwich. I really would. I mean, you, you know, Norwich weren't exactly uh, attacking us anyway. So mm-hmm. you could so you could argue Norwich away is as easy as Watford at home and we played that formation we won 4-0 so it's not like you've got the home fans behind you now you're almost judging it like like for like as the as the 11 v the 11 and I think that you could argue that the what yeah Watford are better than Norwich but I think they're not hugely so I think you've got to go with the same team personally yes fair enough I want to ask you for your thoughts on Pablo Fornells because he seems to be highly rated by West Ham fans do you think that's justified or do you think he's overrated it's a a really tricky one because my opinion a bit like Noble but even more so with Fornells does vary quite frequently I think he's contributed to a lot of goals this season he's got a number of assists and obviously scored a few but there's games where I think he just doesn't do anything. Yeah. And he just looks very like a passenger sometimes. Almost like a clone of Lanzini at yeah. times. And, and do you know what? There's this thing with West Ham fans, right? 
And I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I have mentioned it on the podcast before that I really do believe that if you've got a name like Pablo Fornells or Manuel Lanzini or Sebastian Alaire, <laughs> you're bought more time with some fans. When you're, when Quite you're, possibly, I, I you know. Think I think there's method to that madness. Well, mate, if you look behind, yeah. you look behind the English <laughs> players recently, right? Mark Noble gets so much stick. Yeah. Um, Mikel and Michael and <laughs> Michael Antonio <laughs> got a lot of stick until recently. Um, Andy Carroll, Kevin Nolan, Matt Jarvis, um, you know, Stuart Downing, when he first came, got a fair amount of stick. You know, Gary O'Neill, Matt Taylor, mm. people like these. Because they lack that glamour. They lack that glamour. They lack that big, you know, that he's played in La Liga or he's done this in the Bundesliga. Um, and they lack that kind of glamour and that appeal and that maybe like that swag that some of the, like a Pablo Fornells does or a Manuel Lanzini. Because, you know, you look at Manuel Lanzini, for example, he hasn't performed for West Ham for two years, years now yeah two years and yet people will still say oh he's still the jewelry we might yeah. turn good you know and buy him so much time whereas Mark Noble has I don't know three or four games where he doesn't play that well and people are like he's got to retire he's got yeah. to retire and I, I mm. really do think that Anderson bought so much time yeah. right, you know um, and then you look at Maseraku Arthur Maseraku you know he Crestwell mm. gets slated and he's arguably a better defender than Masuaku, but people always sort of defend Masuaku. Mm. So oh, it's because he's played out of position. He's a midfielder, which I agree with. But then when he doesn't play in midfield, he's well, he's still bought time because he's not been playing there for long enough. Mm. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I can't really describe it, but um, yeah, I do believe that. So, but yeah. with Pablo Fornells, I think because he's young, because it's his first season in the Premier League, um, I think you definitely give him another season next year before you really judge. I hope that he will turn good. I think he needs to be played as a number 10 rather than out on the wing yep. because a winger, in my eyes, needs to have pace. Yep. They need to be able to take people on. They need to get down the wing and put crosses in. Fornells doesn't have the pace to do that. So I would play him as a number 10 and then once he's had some games there then I would be in a position to judge him accurately I think spot on with everything you said there including the fact that he needs another season 100% mm. I think it's taken him a little while to settle in he has shown glimpses and I yeah. think West Ham fans have clung on to that and obviously he's come from good stock he done very well in Spain he done really well in I think this Spanish under 21 Euro tournament right, didn't he? Yeah. he was a standout player yeah, there so yeah. there was a lot of excitement around him coming to West Ham I, my own personal view is, as it stands, I think he's overhyped. Mm. I don't think he's impacted the games enough to warrant his level of praise, as it stands. Yeah. And you're right, I think he should be played in a number 10 role. I think, ultimately, if he can get his game together and be consistent, he should ultimately replace Lanzini mm-hmm. in that position. Yeah. But I do want more from him. I want to see more from him. I think you're right about his pace, which again is why I think he should be played centrally rather than on the wing. And I think time will tell how much his lack of pace will be an Achilles heel for him. Is he physically strong enough? I don't know. But he's definitely got something. He's definitely got the ability to create goals and score goals. And I think he just needs that one season to have fully acclimatised to the Premier League, to the country, to his teammates. And then he kicks on next season. If I'm brutally honest, if we don't see enough from him next season, I think we have to ask some serious questions. Mm -hmm. But I think he deserves that season. Um, The Burnley loss was West Ham's 19th Premier League defeat of the season only in the 2006-2007 season and 2013-2014 season have we suffered more defeats in a single campaign X if we stay up surely we need to see some drastic changes in the summer 
Yeah, we do. We need to massively sort out the fullback situation. I'd like to see a statistic, and you know I'm not a fan of statistics, but I would actually believe in the validity of this statistic. I would like to know how many goals the opposition score come from crosses into our box. Um, I would really like to see that because I'm forever yeah. thinking our fullbacks are at fault for not stopping the ball going in the box. So personally, I think we need a new right back and a new left back. I uh, would like to see Ben Johnson given some games possibly um, before that so I could judge whether he's good enough to be that person but certainly I think we need two fullbacks I think we need um, another centre back because I think Balbuena is clearly not rated by Moyes possibly that's accurately as well I think Diop when he we're just too needing of Diop and Ogbonna mm. um, so we, there should be another one in there I think we need another central midfielder to go alongside Suchek and Rice that's going to really offer that quality and I think we need another forward definitely I don't have faith in Sebastian Allaire, as I've often said. Yep. And whilst it's very harsh to say this about a man that's just scored four goals, um, <laughs> his quality as a forward to be a consistent goal scorer over the season, I'm not confident on either in Antonio. I think, yes, he has proven that he can finish. He's almost better instinctively than when he has to think about it. Yeah. You know, if he just hits it and doesn't have time to react, like think, where am I going to put this? Yeah. Then he's better. Than I think you're absolutely to, right there. Then when he's clean through, he's got to think about it. Um, so you could continue to play him as a forward. It'd be interesting to see how many goals he would get in a season if he played a consistent th- um, 40-odd games or whatever it is with cups thrown in. Um, so yeah, there's a number of positions um, people will have a go at me for the Alaire comment what I've just made then but people often talk about the not getting the right service well Michel Antonio just scored four goals you know like mm. he was obviously getting the right service so is it not getting the right service or is it getting in the right positions naturally for people to put you um give you the service mm. you know and i think i i know categorically that Alaire was not going to start against wolves until he got injured he was on the bench and then he got injured and didn't play um he was fit to play earlier technically than he did but Moyes didn't rush him back for numerous reasons. He hasn't played in the last two games, is it? And from what I understand, and this is not ITK at the moment, but from what I understand in training, he's not going to start against Watford either. And he's fully fit. Yeah, well, as you say, fully. Obviously, he's been injured quite recently, but still, if you're in a relegation battle and you need a... You've got a £45 million forward that's supposedly as good as he is, you throw him in if if you need him. But... All right, so in my mind, you need another forward. Um, so yeah, we do need a big. We need leaders, like I said earlier. Yeah, we, we do. It's it's enough. It much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I make you right. I mean, you know, the Sebastian Hilaire argument is um is is really getting some traction, especially on this podcast, because it's one of the few things I think we disagree on. I'm still waiting to see Hilaire in a thriving West Ham side. I mean, yeah, an give argu- him another season. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll I mean, in the games that we've seen. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm confident that he wouldn't have performed to the level Antonio performed against Chelsea, for example. And he wouldn't have got four goals against Norwich either. I'd, I'd like to have seen him have ninety minutes against Norwich and see how he would have done. Mm. I mean, obviously, you know, it's all hypothetical, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think my point is, whenever we've seen Hilaire start and play ninety minutes, I just don't think we've performed. And I, is that because Hilaire is part of the detrimental? 
performance as a whole, or is he suffering at the hands of underperforming teammates? It's it's an ongoing debate, isn't it? Without meaning to give too much away about because people get annoyed with me when I give too much internal things away. My opinions are obviously my own opinions and never once is my opinion manufactured by someone else, right? But of course, my opinion is based upon what I see, what I hear and what I know, right? Yeah. Basically. And if you remember at the start of the season, very clearly, we had a question and it was, which player do you think will be the biggest underachiever or disappointment? And I, if you wind the shows back, I said I can't say now because who I think because it will categorically go down horrendously. <laughs> so I'm not prepared to say. It. I said I think I said I'd go with Yarmolenko. I yeah. think in the end I said yeah. I'd go with Yarmolenko because that probably more widely accepted type thing and maybe you know that was a bit harsh because he obviously scored the goal against Chelsea but really has he done enough this yeah, I haven't season? Really seen him, no, have we, To be honest, exactly. So you could say that, that was right. The player I wouldn't say was a letter. and the reason this was the case was because numerous people had told me similar things about him and I think if you was to do a poll with the current players as to who they would rather play up front Antonio or Allaire I would say it would be very positively towards Antonio now interesting and very controversial I have to say this is going to raise a few eyebrows what you're saying now and I'm going to get a lot of shit now let me do my disclaimer I do believe that Allaire hasn't had the right service sometimes I do believe the system is not correct I do believe we should give the guy a chance I do believe he should have a second season next year I do believe that he hasn't had the opportunity like you say to maybe show his talents as best as he could have However, I still am sceptical whether we'll ever see a £45 million forward in him. And I hope we do. And that's your opinion. Uh, yeah, There's nothing not, wrong but, with having that well, opinion. Well, I don't seem to be well, he has, this Well, opinion. all I will say is, whether it's through fault of his own or not, he hasn't proved you wrong, has he? No, no, he hasn't. And I'm, and I'm still hoping, I'm hoping, and you're hoping, and every West Ham fan's hoping that he does prove you wrong, but... I suppose at the end of the season, you can only look at the black and whites. Yes, you can have debates around the reasons why, but he has only scored seven goals and he's cost us £45 million. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, it's not ideal. And that's, if you, I think, if you take out Alaire's goals in, I think it's August or September, because obviously he got two against Watford. Yeah, he? yeah. He got one against... Norwich, did he? And he might have scored against Man United. I think I can't remember. No, I can't remember. But let's just say I think I read the statistic that Antonio scored more in one game than Alaire has scored since September. Yeah. Whatever. Now, yeah, it's not great. And and the thing is, like, there's no point me digging him out now because he hasn't played. So it's unfair because we're still judging on the past. But that's why I would get at least another forward as well. I want Alaire. Believe me, I would love to come this podcast when Sebastian Alaire scored. 20 goals of course been a revelation would. and I would say look yeah he, I got it wrong yeah. I will say that I promise you I will say yeah. that um, so yeah but I think we have to go with the, the same team and Michel Antonio has now I would have said Hammer of the Year was very close between Ogbonna and Declan Rice um, until lockdown and after lockdown I think now Antonio is playing his way into 
the reckoning for that because of what he's done since lockdown um and he potentially every time we've done a survival you know you got your tevez in 2006 yeah. there's always that one or two players that stand out yeah. that drag the team out of it and antonio looks like being that one so for me and, and if suchek and bowen had been joined earlier you could maybe argue those as well, but for me, it's those three that have to have to be the contenders. I don't think anyone can argue with that, and I'm not too sure that anyone else seriously rivals the three of them. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because it, it can change because I think up until Antonio was thrown in there, I really do feel that Rice and Bonner were neck and neck. Yeah. I'm personally going for Declan Rice purely because. Not only is he consistent week in, week out, yeah. he's a world-class player in a very understated, underrated position. Yeah. But not only that, he's constant availability for West Ham. Now, people overlook that. A Bonner, I think, was out for you know a couple of months in the season. Mm. Antonio has been hit and miss with injuries. Declan's such an athlete and such a professional. Like every minute of every game. Every season. minute of every game. That in itself deserves an award. Yeah. You know, he never shies away. He never plays on an injury or, or hopes he gets time off. He always gives 110% and he's such a consistent performer that for me, he has to get hammer of the year this year. And again, he was excellent against Norwich. It's almost it's almost got to a point where it's not worth assessing Declan Rice no. on a weekly basis because you're just going to say the same thing week in, week out. 100%. Incredible like, player. You know, to try and justify this is going to also relate back to the Olympic again, but to try and justify where my opinions form. Do you remember how much I praised Declan Rice before he'd ever played a game? Yes, I do, yeah. And yeah. then I said to you, by the time he's 21, he would have played for his national side at the time I thought it was Ireland, but he's played for two national sides now. He'd play for his national side, he'd captain West Ham, which he's done, and he'd be on the verge, or if not at one of the biggest clubs in England. I hope you had some money on it. Well, no, I didn't. I had, I had the, the faith <laughs> of the podcast listeners on it <laughs> and, and, and and look and look what's happening yeah spot on and a lot of a lot of my opinions again are based on what i see on the pitch but what i know as well and and look look at him and you know it's never going to be a trusted for i'm not saying i'm right on every single player i'm not no way there's things i've got wrong definitely but i think that you're right on what you say about Declan rice the guy is mr consistent um he would be he is wasted at West Ham, to be brutally honest. We're not good enough for him. Um, I would, I hate to say that, but we're not. Because I think if he went on somewhere else, he'd be just as good there. Um, what we need to do, and I think it's probably too late now, but what we need to do is convince him that we are a club going places and that this season is a blip and that we will be able to start giving him the standard of football that he deserves. But, unfortunately, I think he knows as do most people, that that won't happen. So you've spoken about positions that you would bring into West Ham. What about players that you'd want to see leave West Ham in the summer? Leave West Ham, right. Where do I start? Um, uh, I'd like to see Lanzini go. I think I've done with him now. Um, it all depends on what money you get back for them as well, because, like... I think I'd like to see Lanzini go. I think I'd like to see, um, I think Yarmolenko. I don't. I feel a bit uncomfortable with that one because I think he's got elements of quality. I think technically he's one of our best players, but he just never seems to be able to string a run of performances together. No. And um, he's, he's not quick enough either, no, is he, for a winger? Let's be honest. No, he's not. And if you could swap him and Antonio's main attributes, you'd have a world class yeah. player. Um, but I think, I'd, yeah, and his wages are one of the highest at the club. So probably him. I think Wilshire. 
again whilst I think probably technically he's one of the best players we've got he doesn't justify his wage um, there um, I would say Anderson if we got a decent amount for him you know if we got anywhere near the um, 40 million we paid for him I'd take that back mm. And dare I say it, I'd do the same for Alaire. If we got anywhere near the 45 million pounds, yeah. Um, even though I've said he deserves a second season, but to contradict myself a little bit, if someone came back and said he's Here's your money back. Million, yeah, you I would take, take it. it. Um, and uh, I think maybe it's time, whether you need to sell Cresswell and Fredericks, I don't know. You could have them as mm. backups maybe, but I certainly think you need a right back and a left back. Yeah. Um, Roberto definitely. Back him. He's still <laughs> fucking te- would do well to give him away. Yeah, exactly. He's still technically a West Ham player. Um, mm. So yeah, there's quite a few there. To be honest, there's not. It's more like who I'd want to keep than who I'd want to. I'd almost entertain an offer for pretty much everyone. <laughs> the only ones I probably wouldn't is I think Fabianski I'd keep. Although I don't think he's been the same since his injury. No. But I'd give him another season. So I'd keep Fabianski. I'd keep Europe because I think he he's still getting. I think he could improve, but he's still got a lot of potential. I'd keep Ogbonna, I'd keep Rice, I'd keep Suchek, I'd keep Antonio, um, I'd keep Fornells. Keep Bowen. Uh, keep Bowen, yes, that's an obvious one, yeah, Bowen. Um, yeah, I, I, there's not many others that I'd be that gutted about us selling. I think I'd shift to Jetty and Hugo as oh, well. Yeah, sorry, I'd yeah, add so them to the list. I actually forgot about Well, them, so and, yeah, and yeah. the fact that you forgot about them <laughs> yeah. is the problem. Yeah, exactly. Because w- what is the point of having players on the wage bill when they're never, ever going to play a part in what yeah. we're doing? No, I agree. Yeah, definitely those two. Yeah. And again, that's two forwards. So, yeah, you know, I know. I know. You, know you, think, you think about it, and you kind of only think West Ham have got, you know, technically a letter, because obviously Antonio is not an out and out forward. Mm. Um, and But really, on our books, we have four. We're right, Hugo, yeah. um, Ajeti, there, and if you count Antonio, so yeah. it's four. Yeah. Well, it speaks volumes that we'd rather play a midfielder yeah. as our striker than the three strikers as an alternative. Exactly that, mate. I mean, you know, especially you take Antonio. Well, four with Silva. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him as well. If you think about Antonio, yeah, he played the Norwich game over Alaire and all the other strikers on the back of missing quite a few chances against yeah, yeah. Uh, Burnley. You know, he should have scored that one where he hit the outside of the post. Yeah. He missed a number of chances. Now, if you're the manager, you think, oh, you know, he had a bit of a stinker there. Mm. I'm going to bring in the next guy because he might be a bit more on form, but he didn't even consider it. He yeah. still per- persisted with Antonio, and thank God he digs. He got four goals, but mm. you know that would have been the time to bring Alaire in. Um, but yeah, there's obviously, yeah, it's um, it's, it's strange. I don't think, um, I don't think like we should have in the summer. We should have sold both. Obviously, Carol, I agree with getting rid of, but I don't think we should have sold. Um, Perez and um, uh, Hernandez and then not replace mm. them with a, another proven yeah. forward if yeah. you're going to do that I mean Hernandez was on a big wage so technically we should have caught Buket, um what was his name Perez yeah, yeah. I mean he wasn't he wasn't the, he didn't do that well for West Ham but actually his goals to game ratio <laughs> wasn't that bad yeah. you know and I think I'd be more confident with him knocking around than what we've done this year yeah yeah um, I think you're right I mean I think we're both agreeing that in the region of probably six to seven players have to leave. Um, and probably in the region, because I agree with you in terms of what we need, six to seven have to come in. Would but you take 45 million for a layer? 
No. And then it's reinvested in another forward of a similar ilk and stature in the game. Um, maybe same kind of thing, like a foreign forward that hadn't played in the Premier League before. I would like to see another season out of him okay. because I cannot get past the fact that I think Hilaire has been let down by a lack of service this season in a very underperforming team around him. Okay. That's my opinion. If we would have seen him have chance after chance after chance and him underperforming the season so far, I think I'd bite your hand off of my money back. Yeah. But I, I just don't think we've seen it. And I think... You know, Antonio, whilst he, has, he deserves full credit, Antonio's been fantastic and he's been a standout character. He's worked his nuts off. And, and I think you can put a solid argument that on work rate alone, Hilaire isn't going to give you what Antonio gives you. No, and that's why that's and, and that is a, Yeah, that's a, that is a fair point. Mm. However, I think Antonio has also benefited from a team that has massively upped their game from Chelsea onwards. That Hilaire, again, argue for and against... Um, whether it's through fault of his own, hasn't been involved in. Now, if Hilaire would have been involved in, how many of goals would he have scored? How many of chances would he have had? How well would he have played? We don't know that because Antonio has started ahead of him. Mm. And like you say, we we can only sit here and say thank God because he bagged four against Norwich. But would Hilaire have got us a point or three against Burnley? Yeah, you know right. it's yeah. it's it's so hypothetical. Yeah. But I just don't think we've seen enough fair evidence. To, to sell him in the summer. That's that's for me. Well, to be fair, mate, you're right. I don't think we have. Like, you know, I'd like all the you know, all these people that think they know the reason Hilaire's not performing, I would like their ideal setting to be provided for him. Mm. People say it's having him and then two sort of attacking like inside forward type things off him. I, I, I would like to see that. I would like to see maybe you know, Antonio and Bowen either side of Alaire at some point. Mm. I'd like to see him given whatever these ideal settings are. I actually thought when he came on against was it Burnley? I think, yeah. I actually thought he won quite a few headers. And then, and I remember sitting there thinking, people have told me he wins a lot of headers. He wins all these aerial mm. duels. And I can actually see that today. He yeah. did win quite a few. But again, it didn't go to anyone. Yeah. And is that his fault? Or is that the players around him? So I would like to see the ideal setting. I'd like Dean Garner to come back. And I'd like him to be given a chance at West Ham because he's ripped mm. it up at West Brom. Yeah. And that's all he, he deserves does. a chance. He's earned the chance. Yeah, he deserves And he's your class winger, pacey, tricky, skillful, gets goals. So I'd like to see him come back, and I, and he maybe could be the key to Alaire. You know, he could possibly. possibly. But then again, you talk about the ideal setting. I think the ideal setting's there in terms of the formation. I mean, my favourite formation in football, but I just don't think West Ham have executed it well. Is the four-two-three-one. And that's what we've played a lot throughout the season. But rather than talking about his ideal setting, you've got to look at the performances of the players individually that are sitting behind him. On the left, Philippe Anderson. Absolute fucking non-starter. He's been disgraceful for most of the season. Yeah. Lanzini, the invisible man. That's yeah. his number 10, supposed to be providing chances. Hasn't done anything for West Ham in two years. Pablo Fornells, shown glimpses, but he's, as it stands, inconsistent. Yeah. You know, So straight away, you're talking about three or four players that as a striker, you're looking to feed off of. Yeah. And they've been non-existent. And you can't constantly rely on the likes of Declan Rice and Suchek to create chances because in theory that's not their job no. their job isn't to score goals no. credit to Suchek he, he's, he's, well, he's looking like a, a Fellaini that boy he's had an Everton yeah he is he is the right and time. by the way 
And I think it's um, it's standard now that if we stay up, we're committed to signing Suchek yeah, yeah. for sixteen million. Is it, so, yeah. mate? I tell you what, in this day and age, that's a good signing. Oh, yeah. he's sixteen a great million pounds. He's been a beaker of light for West Ham. I Definitely. think. Definitely, and like whenever we have a set piece, I fancy him. To yeah, score absolutely. It, really, really good. And I think, I think he's been a great. I think him and Bowen have been great signings. I think the two of them have really, really helps us imagine yeah imagine if we didn't have those two now i think we'd gone down i'll be honest with you i think without those two yeah it's a fair shout we'd probably be we would go down because they just give us that edge yeah to put us slightly and antonio's better. attitude and work rate as well has yeah. got to be up there yeah. and obviously declan's consistent performances yeah. as well and I th- you know it's, i've got was, us out of the shit really well we will have that well one, well yeah please god oh, hold on, mate we haven't actually checked it's half time oh yeah but god. so that's the villa game and neither of us have checked the score go on what is so it Let's see. Here we go. Nil nil. Nil nil. I would, I would probably take that. You know, the the that would then, that would then give Villa. We'd have a three, three point cushion, us wouldn't we? With two games left. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So they'd have to win. And then they play us last game. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so they'd have to win that next game. Yeah. And we'd have to lose the next. Yeah, well, that's why Watford's so massive because yeah. we ain't going to get anything at United. No, I don't think. I mean, no, you never know with West Ham, no, but realistically, so. I don't no. think we will. No. So if we lose to Watford or draw and lose to Man United and Villa pick up a point in their their next game or points in their next game, fuck that. That isn't that is an end of season playoff. Yeah, that's going to be awful. Tomorrow's humongous, mate. Yeah, I know, absolutely huge. I mean, the other interesting thing is that you know Bournemouth have got Southampton, which most days of the week would be you'd think Bournemouth would do that because like because they're fine for their lives. Southampton going for to play for but Southampton picked up a point at Man United the other day yeah. and it's a local rivalry. Yeah. So you gotta hope that maybe Southampton might play there. Yeah. Brighton aren't completely out of it. They're two points ahead of ahead of us. Yeah. Um you know, they could be sucked in. I think one of them's got to play Man City next. Um let me have a look. So Saturday wait Sunday, Bournemouth for playing Southampton on Sunday, and then uh, Monday. Uh, can't where's the game? I'm sure I saw. Yeah, Watford have got to play Man City as their next game. Mm. Um, after us, Aston Villa have got Arsenal. Arsenal are looking a bit better now than mm, they were. Very unpredictable though. Aren't yeah. They? So you'd hope you'd hope both are at home, but you'd hope Man City and Arsenal could stop them getting yeah, three points. Yeah. You there, you so. would do. It just depends how many of these teams are. Are on the beach in their mind, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's 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 horrible, horrible. I don't like it. I mean, what would you rather? Us to be stuck in mid-table every year, boring, kind of. You know, your season's gonna be eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, maybe, and and done by about April time, or what we've got now where every game means something and it's a bit more interesting but obviously a lot more nerve-wracking I'd take fucking mid-table all day long because my nerves can't fucking deal with this it couldn't deal with it every season and do you know what it's just a it's a mixture of emotions for me because as West Ham fans we've seen the ups and downs throughout the fucking past three or four decades for us personally but there's been times where you've almost accepted some of the relegations because you know that we haven't got a great side and maybe they're not paid as much as some of the other teams and all that kind of stuff, you know. But with this group of players, they are quite simply underachieving. And make absolutely no mistake, 
if we cement our survival, that's by no way, shape, or form an achievement. Oh, no, no, It's no, nothing no. to be proud of. No, it's no, fucking no. embarrassing. Well, especially with the whole promises with this state. Oh, well, well, well and, and the thing is, it's not only that. The fact that we haven't kicked on as a football club has a darker picture in the sense that we're not going to be able to keep our best players. If we were sixth or fifth or arguably maybe even seventh, I think you could possibly squeeze another season out of Declan. Yeah. But, you know... It can't, you can't expect to keep players like Declan Rice here when you're, you're fighting for your life every season. Yeah. And the club just isn't going in the right direction. Yeah. So it's just, I get angry with West Ham, I get frustrated, I get upset. And I just it, it just needles me out. I don't know, but we're in this position. It's just, it's embarrassing. We shouldn't be anywhere near it. Yeah. This, is, this is, I think, my biggest problem is I can't accept that we're in this position yeah. because we're better than what we're doing. Mm. We're better than what we've given. And we're, we're better than fighting for our lives with fucking three games left. And it's just really an, an embarrassment. And like I say, it's not an achievement if we stay up. That's a bare minimum objective that we need and now. And if we stay up, um, let's say we let's say we win tomorrow, yeah? Yeah. Um, we're pretty... And Villa lose today. We're pretty much up by, the, or by then. Yeah. And let's say we maybe beat Villa as well. So we end up being four... Five, whatever it is, points above relegation. Yeah. Do you keep David Moyes? Uh, on absolutely season? not. Do you know yeah. what? I can't remember the last time I was asked a question or discussed a topic around West Ham that I've never been so sure on in my yeah, life. Yeah. I've said it before. He's a dinosaur. He's got no in-game management. Fuck me, X. He hasn't won two back-to-back games since he's been here with the squad of players that he's got. In that stadium, West Ham United. It's not his squad, though. Well, it's not. Yeah, you could argue it's not his squad. He signed Bowen and Suchek. That's yeah, the but, two he's added to the squad. Yeah, but then, you know, um, look at um, Ancelotti. He goes to Everton. That wasn't his squad. But he's mm. he's kicked them on. Yeah. You know, his managers join football clubs and they do make differences. We've, we've constantly moaned about some of his selections, his in-game management, the way he handles himself in the press. He hasn't actually achieved anything of, in football of any notable um, relevance since Everton. He never won anything at Everton. Mm. But we're talking like a decade ago now. And everything that he's done since, oh, people give him a pat on the back for keeping West Ham in the league during his first time here. Fuck me, me and you could have kept West Ham in the league during that first appointment. And he's coming now, credit to him for a couple of the wins that he's got, credit to him for signing Suchek, credit to him for signing Bowen, credit where credit's due. But you can't tell me that he's the future of West Ham and that you're genuinely excited by this club being steered in the right direction by David Moyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it then begs the question, if you're going to get rid of him, who comes in? Yeah. And that that doesn't bring an easy answer. But I was actually looking at this earlier on because I wanted this to be a brief discussion point to get okay. your thoughts on right. this. Now, I think in the summer, we should get rid of him, 100%. Okay. You know, he's not on big money, so we could afford to terminate his contract. Yeah. Now, the immediate shortlist that comes to mind of managers I would want to look at, you could argue that five of the six names I've come up with probably wouldn't even be interested in coming to West Ham. But I would at least want that conversation, right? First and foremost, and bear with me now, some of these you'll laugh at. Klopp. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is it Jürgen? Yeah. Um, I, I would, just for the sake of doing it, in a nothing-to-lose position... Absolutely, throw money at Pochettino. Yeah, I mean, if you could get him, if he's still be, twiddling yeah. his thumbs and he hasn't got the offers he's expected, yeah. and he and he misses London, he wants to stay in London, and he sees West Ham as a project that pff, 
against all odds, the owners have said, we'll back you. Here's fucking, here's a wage that will make you the second highest paid manager in the Premier League, more than you were paid at Tottenham. Come and join us, come and have some fun and, and take this club where it needs to be. Yeah. I would rather have that conversation and he tells us to fuck off than not have it at all. It's yeah. a nothing to lose conversation, yeah. right? Um, and then this is in no order, by the way. That one was, but the rest of them ain't. Um, Kovac is sitting around doing nothing. He's billed as an exciting manager, but yes, technically a gamble because he's never managed in the Premier League. Mm. However, it's a conversation. I like Bielsa at Leeds. Yeah, I'd like if him, he gets yeah. promoted with Leeds, I don't know what the incentive would be for him to leave Leeds. Yeah. So that's a bit up in the air, but I like him. And actually, mm. if you look at his career before Leeds, he carries a lot of pedigree yeah, like and him, he holds yeah. a lot of respect in the mm. game. Yeah. And then there were some managers that I didn't know were out of work, but also again, to a degree, carry quite a high pedigree that might just be worth a conversation. You've got Spalletti, who used to be the Inter Milan manager. Um, You've got Max Allegri, who was at Milan and Juventus, was thought very highly of, achieved good things. Um, And then you've got Laurent Blanc. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I'm desperate for these managers. If I'm brutally honest... The last three I mentioned, I don't know a hell of a lot about. Mm. But if you look at the players they've worked with, the players they've recruited, the egos they've managed, the clubs they've been at, and what they've achieved, how can that not be more exciting than fucking David Moyes? So when I'm talking about a summer clear out, and we've both collectively agreed on the players that we'd like to see leave and the players that we need coming in, I think the manager's got to be a key part of that clear out as well. Yeah, I couldn't argue with those managers. Like you say, the key thing is whether they would come or not. That's of course, of course. Thing. I mean, is there is there anyone else out there that that you could look at? Maybe you could, what would you say to Sean Dyche? He's meant to be particularly. Uh, in my opinion, and it is only my opinion because he's got a lot of fans. Um, yeah in the West Ham community. Yeah. In my opinion, if you're going to get Sean Dice back in, you might as well get Sam Allardyce back in. Okay. Eddie Howe? Eddie Howe, no. I don't think he can manage the egos at West Ham. He's left Bournemouth, where he's a big fish in a small pond to go manage Burnley. Died on its arse, then went back to Bournemouth. And has now looked like the flame's gone out of Bournemouth, because I think they're going to get relegated this season. So, I, I, not for me, Eddie Howe. Um, Norwich manager? No. Daniel Farker? Don't know... A hell of a lot about him. Oh, he's done. I mean, he's done brilliant for Norwich. He came in and yeah. brought in a system where they had young players, young foreign German players mostly, but other nationalities too, and built up a wage uh, model and a whole yeah. structure. And he didn't get a lot to to play with money wise either, did he? A few million, yeah, I think, he's had this season, it, which is poor from Norwich, really. Well, I think they decided, mate, that they gonna because they're such a yo-yo team. I think they decided that they would like almost be financially sensible rather than going to the Premier League, splashing however much, then get relegated and have to sell all these players. They're almost building a model so that when they're back in the Championship next um, year, they'll be one of the strong contenders to go up rather than one of those teams that dive bomb down the mm. leagues and stuff you've got what uh, Wild Wilder at Sheffield United I don't think you'd ever leave Sheffield United for West Ham uh, just be a bit careful what I say here I would I know people will be like oh he's talking bollocks X, but I would say you might have more of a chance than you'd probably believe on that really? one really yeah um, so possibly because he's Sheffield United through and through isn't he? and my god he's done well and yeah. he's and he's enjoying life 
yeah. in that job at the moment. I mean, obviously, I take your word for it, but yeah. that surprises me. That one. I mean, if you look down at the championship, I've, I've, I'm going to have to have a look because I, I know that Leeds and West Brom are up there. We've already talked about the Leeds manager, and obviously the, mm. the West Brom manager is um, Slaven Bilic, who I, I wouldn't have back. But if you if you look at the league table, Brent Brentford are third. I actually don't even know who their manager is. No, nah, but he's done a very good job. He has. They've recruited brilliantly there. Yeah. Fulham are fourth, which is Scott Parker. You know, do you take potential? Not at that? this stage for me, but potential. Yeah. Was a great captain, great player, and he's doing well at Fulham. So potentially. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the idea of managers that are just cutting their teeth and doing very well being considered for a job like West Ham with the egos in that dressing room like Lee Bowyer like the Cowley brothers like Scott Parker potentially in two, three, four years time but not when they've been in management for a year yeah I mean that's funny that actually um um What's his face? Um, Millwall, Gary Routett. Right now, he's mm. obviously had quite a few clubs and stuff, but he's got Millwall to a, a championship playoff when they were yeah. generally a relegation championship team. Yeah, for he's most done very seasons. well. He um, did well at Derby and Birmingham on quite small budgets. You know, he's mm. he's never really proven himself in the Premier League. Um, I think he's like literally managed there. I don't even know if he has managed there. I'm just trying to look at the stats, but uh, he's done a fairly decent job with clubs with small budgets and stuff. So mm. yeah, but I agree. The people that you've said are all are all serious serious contenders. Would you give it to Kevin Nolan? Or Mark Noble, uh, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't. Because again, again, maybe I'm just naive. But I, to this day, I still honestly believe that West Ham is one of the most exciting projects in European football that is tainted by the owners. Mm. I think if you add owners that match the ambition, and you add that, that I don't know, that enthusiasm and that intensity and the structure in place and infrastructure and that excitement behind the ownership, I think we could be having a very different conversation about how managers would see potentially working for West Ham. So that is a problem, I think, um, is who they're going to be working for. But I just, I don't know, I just, I I don't want to stop shooting for the stars yet and neither should we because that's why we sold Upton Park to come in play our football in this stadium because we're expected to have world-class players with a world-class manager with the potential of European nights at West Ham Mm. that's what we all signed up for so why why is it okay to go from that to then say, do you know what? Yeah, okay. If David Moyes is all we can get, let's let's renew his contract and let's have our future with him. Yeah. That's not good enough for me. No, no. I don't accept that. And I think for now, and 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 moving forward, I think we should be shooting for the stars. Be proud of who we are. Financially, back our manager with um, a, a good war chest to go and play with, and a wage to be happy with. And go and go and talk to the likes of some of the biggest names I mean, in football. What have we got to lose? The thing with- I can't ever get it out of my head. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I'll say it right. Well, well no, you sure. don't. That's what, gets, that's what gets me the wrong Cappuccino. Yeah. Is, <laughs> um, is that he, I think, was holding out for the Manchester United job, but it actually yeah. looks like Solskjaer potentially. I mean, if, if Solskjaer gets Manchester United into the Champions League this yeah. year, are they still in the FA Cup? Can't remember. But I think if he if he gets them to the Champions League this year, he's done a good job. It'd be hard to second, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that they'd need to kick because he's beginning to get their team like 
what he wants to, as in he's got young players, Greenwood, who I incidentally think is a fantastic player. I think we're going to be talking about this kid for years and years and years to come. Here's what I would say, what I did about Declan Rice, and I know that's fairly obvious because he's banging goals in for Manchester United, so I can't claim to have a revelation here, but I think that guy is proper mint, so good on both feet, um, and I think he is going to be great. They've got Rashford obviously, um, they've got um, Pogba starting to perform, I think think they're beginning to mould a team that could go on to be very exciting and I think they'd be wrong to uh, sack Solskjaer now which mm. I would have said a little while ago so that may mean you know I'm sure there's other clubs of, wrong, of course but, it will be but I agree with you I don't I, we've both said on this show that David Moyes isn't the right person to take this club forward and no. I would love us to go and try and approach someone like that yeah and I've also heard a whisper as well how true it is I don't know that as part of um, Pochettino's contract he couldn't manage another club for six months after leaving Tottenham I oh, think really? I didn't yeah know. whether that's true or not I, yeah, I think I it know. is I think okay. Levy was quite shrewd uh, negotiating yeah, that one enough. um well, as the West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition would suggest, you are shit at predictions, X. <laughs> but... Actually, no, have you seen the week scores last week? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Rewind that. <laughs> Do you know what, right? I, I, <laughs> it does bridge me into something I was going to say, because I was, I was looking forward to having a bit of fun with you this week with, uh, with our respective league positions in this competition. And I have to say... Whilst I'm sitting at about 37th, which is steady out of 690, I was quite looking forward to seeing whether you'd be in the 170s, 180s. And fuck me, you've had a, a, an all right couple of weeks, haven't you? You're, you're, you've jumped about 20, 30 places to what, 127 now, yeah, I think you mate, are? And let's, let's be honest, yes, you're doing very well. But one, <laughs> 127 out of 650 isn't actually that bad. No. So, so you paint the picture like I'm horrendous. But actually, actually, I'm in the top third of this game. Um, you know, So yeah. it's not too bad. And I've battered you this week. <laughs> I've battered you this season. <laughs> it's all about living for the moment. So so I, I, I've battered you this week. Do you know what? I've had a, a rough couple of weeks, actually. And the fact that I haven't really moved from the late 30s goes to show that I think most people have, other than yourself, which yeah. is strange because there's been a lot of surprising results. So whether you've managed to pull some out of the bag that no one else has... Um, what, do you know what's been quite consistent for me, I think? And this is where my football knowledge... And this does actually sum up my football knowledge. I think I've been consistent in getting the bonus points for the for West Ham. Have you? Yeah, and getting the the West Ham score generally in the right region. Right, so right. I've, I think for the last two weeks, possibly, I've got the last booking correct. You know that feature, and I think yeah. um, so. I think it's the West Ham related Norwich uh, Norwich knowledge that has um, bailed me out a bit. Now it's funny because I've I've been playing. Premier League fancy football like pretty much since it was invented yeah. which I'm guessing was the early 2000s but someone can correct me on that and there's friends that I've got that are on listen to podcasts that can um, confirm this I used to do bloody good in fancy football like one year in the Premier League fancy football was uh, like 3 million people in it I came something like 47th and I was the second highest West Ham fan in the whole Jesus, of the game and, and I was consistently good at fancy football and then when I started being ex so to speak and dedicating so much sort of of my 
time as such to West Ham and losing the time for the other clubs. I became shit at fantasy football. Like, I don't know where yeah. I am now, but I, I probably, uh, let's say there's five million players. I'd imagine I'm around three and a half, four million out of that. Yeah. And I've just disappeared. And I admit, I put my hands up. My knowledge of football outside of West Ham is becoming quite minimal. Yeah. Because yeah. I never Same. watch the other teams. No, I don't, I actually. Never, um, unless it affects West Ham games. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, you know, you're Man United v Man City type thing. Um, uh, I am... Um, I rarely read about other teams, like because all I ever do for my football news is read my messages to me, like from my sources and stuff. Read my Twitter feed, yeah. which is all West Ham stuff. And I rarely look. Sometimes at the end of a transfer window, I'll look at you know like how the BBC do a transfer daily, like what transfers have happened. Yeah. Sometimes I'll read that at the end of the month and think, fucking hell, I didn't know that that player had joined that team or whatever. Yeah. And I, so I put my hands up. My general football knowledge is part. I rarely watch Match of the Day now. Yeah. Um, really? So, yeah. So I, see, I, I love Match of the Day. I, I, I don't watch a lot of live it. games unless it's West Ham. Right. But I always watch Match of the Day. See, I'm a bit opposite. If I'm at home and there's a live game on, I'll stick it on. I won't pay much attention to it because I'll be doing other things yeah. and stuff. But I'll always have it on the background. But I rarely watch match of the day oh, well listen in terms of the competition itself on next week's show we'll be announcing the prizes for the top five which as it stands are at treaders 1990 in first place at jerry harring 10 in second at jj hayes 531 in third gary prince is in fourth and at Potsy WHU is in fifth. So it's still all to play for with three games left, so good luck to everyone involved. Right, it's that time again. What have you got for us, mate? Okay, so I've been asked this question a lot. Um recently um when the away kit is out um i believe it's out tomorrow um in terms of the announcement um it's always they always tend to do on a friday it's it should be this friday in line with the um uh, match being in the evening so it'll be in the morning the away uh, around nine o'clock i would say um the away kit is as i've described many times on this show the light blue with the two claret hoops yeah um old school kind of um kit same badge as the home kit 125 years written underneath uh blue um the betways are sort of a bluish color um, so that should be out tomorrow i think the club may have fucked up as well because um, <laughs> fuck me there's a surprise <laughs> because people are getting a text message at the moment it seems um saying that the new kit is now online uh, a new away kit is now available online and that's and the and a link and then when you click on the link there's there's nothing there apparently, so I think the club <laughs> have uh, mucked that one up again with the uh, indication. But yes, to confirm, the away kit is due to be out tomorrow, so um, well, that should be the case. Um, transfer rumours are as they are at the moment. Rumours, yes, there is some um, legs in the. I don't really know how to pronounce this, but Garassi, who's a Amiens in France is a forward. There is legs in that. We scouted him a number of times. Same as Moussa. 
Um, Vag, Wag, Way, Musa, he's at Barcelona anyway, the right back there. I brought his name in January and mentioned that we were very keen on him. So there is history to these players. So they will be on the radar. But again, nothing is going to happen until we know what league we're in, as I keep saying. Um, for tomorrow's game, I don't want to say too much because people get annoyed with me for giving the team away too early. Um, but there is an injury doubt for tomorrow. It's, uh, there's one injury doubt for tomorrow. Um, I can't see that there'll be many changes, um, but there is an injury doubt, so it will depend on whether this player um, passes his fitness test. If he doesn't pass his fitness test, I think it will be an, it'll be what the player that will come in will be... Uh, I have to be so careful what I say here. will be interesting to see. If that makes sense, um, not really. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off the air, and obviously, yeah. Tomorrow, if it happens, it will be more clearer. Okay. Um, and tomorrow, if he plays, which I believe he will, will be Mark Noble's 500th appearance for yeah. the club. Congratulations to him a, on a that. Massive achievement. Unbelievable. Um, particularly in this modern day where mm. players don't tend to stay at the same club for for too long, and um, uh, obviously. Uh, they um sort of get replaced quite quickly if they're not performing. So to have got that many appearances, I believe he scored something like sixty goals. Now obviously a large percentage of those have been penalties, but mm. if you think out of five hundred, sixty out of fifty, it's not a bad goals to game ratio mm. really for a quite defensive ish midfielder or no a lot of penalties, but you can't underestimate how how much of a contribution that is just alone that statistic so yeah, yeah a, bit, a big moment for him it's all i think that will take him from memory and this is without researching it that could take him over steve potts i'm not sure if steve potts was league games or overall games but i certainly remember that steve potts didn't make 500 it might have been league games because glenn Roder didn't bring him on against Bolton um, mm. in one of the last games of the season, which I remember at the time thinking was really sad. But, um, yeah, so a milestone. Anything else, mate? Um, not really related to um, sort of ITK news, but um, this show, I just want to give a big shout out to um, Garage Football. Um, it's a YouTube channel for all football fans worldwide. Um, this channel um, is for sort of any football fan really that enjoys kind of reaction videos, interviews, debates, post-match reviews on the Premier League, Champions League, England internationals and so on. And they also record match day um, vlogs as well when, uh, when they can actually get to the game. So, um, so we do recommend their content um, so if you want to subscribe to Garage Football at youtube.com slash Garage Football and follow them on Twitter and that's Garage underscore Football um, decent lads as well, they come to the West Ham Way event as well from um, from memory so uh, yeah nice little shout out for them and well done guys on all the, the decent content that you produce be sure to check them out, good stuff okay mate, thank you very much Welcome back to the final part of the show where, as always, you've been good enough to send us your questions. And X is going to read them out. 
So this is from at Green Eggs and WH. Um, great pod, you inspired us to make one too. What do you enjoy most about the podcast and what um, has contributed most to the show's success? Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that one. No. Um, well, good luck for your podcast, first and foremost. And it's nice to know that you took some form of inspiration from, from what we do. Uh, it's not often said. But, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, X, in terms of what I enjoy most is obviously having a chat with you. I mean, it's often been said that listening to this podcast is like listening to two mates in a pub having a chat. And, and it is how we chat in the it pub is, well, It is, it yeah. is. And that's, I think, really what we wanted to create and yeah. just voice our own opinions about West Ham. And I think, you know, what's contributed to its success, in my opinion, is first and foremost... Um, to this day, but certainly when it started, I think everyone was fascinated to hear from you and, you know, to have the number one ITK um, who they've only ever seen through tweets actually have a voice and talk about what's going on at the club. Well, a unique one. (laughs) I I prefer the word unique and it gives you identity. I've said that to you countless amount of times before. Um, So that was the main draw and I think that was the the lift-off for the podcast. Um, And I think both of us really just speak from our hearts we're both passionate fans we don't sit on the fence like a lot of podcasts generally do um we don't tend to play it safe if we we have an opinion that might not necessarily be popular we still air it and sometimes it bites us in the ass sometimes we get credit for it so i think collectively that with you know some of the players that we've interviewed mm-hmm. and the variation in the structure of the show means that it's done all right really and i think you know to this day i'll never really believe it's true success because we're talking on a global scale and I don't want us to sound arrogant now but it's just facts that we are in so many different countries around the world and the the amount of people that tune in every week and the lovely things that people say to us you just have to pinch yourself sometimes but I think in a nutshell that's that's why I enjoy it and that's where I think we've got to where we got to. Yeah, I don't think I can really add much to that, to be honest with you, mate. I think um, I agree for the same reasons. Obviously, it's um, opened up some very uh, interesting opportunities for us, some very strange encounters, some, uh, <laughs> yeah. very, very lifelong um, <laughs> events. I mean, let's be honest, who would have thought we would have gone and done this in Las Vegas um, like we did um, this time last year, pretty yeah. much, and yeah. should have been doing in similar places this year. I mean, that's amazing. Like you say, um, West Ham is both of our passion that uh, a club that we um love so much and you know what is so good about it in a way is that it is so easy because it doesn't require much research obviously i have to do my bit for my section you have to do the editing and things like that but the actual content the talking is just natural because it's what we would do anyway um it's the it's the whole um you know it's the whole what we love um so yeah i think i appreciate the fact that people like it like you say sometimes it's shocking when you know i talk at football and someone will say you're that guy from the podcast you yeah. know, I find that oh we have countless amount of stories like that yeah surreal it really is. is and I thank everyone that has helped us and I think as well you know we're, we're like you said it's very easy to get people on side you know you start off with I hate the board they're all wankers yeah, yeah. Out. that gets you loads of people go yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you start you, there's there's easy things that you can say yeah. to get people on side um but I'd like to think everything that we do say is balanced and that we do consider both sides to the argument you know sometimes I deliberately play devil's advocate just to yeah. uh, and give an opinion that I don't necessarily agree with but just one to yeah. to discuss 
term and i think that's what it is hopefully but i like i say who knows you guys tell us i do i do do forever um what's the word grateful to the fact that people do listen to what is to yeah, um, I was going to say fat lads, but I feel a bit harsh on saying that. Oh, Speak oh. yourself, I was going to say, I feel a bit harsh on myself saying that. So, um, yeah, uh, like, uh, to, to, let's say two lads, two lads. Just yeah, about we'll the, go with that one. Yeah, yeah, talking about the club that they love. And, you know, that's, that's all it is, yeah. actually. And, and listen, you know, there's not a single person listening to this podcast who couldn't do the same as what we're doing. It's literally, there's a microphone between the two of us and there's some very basic software that stitches it all together. So like the boys asking this question, if anyone wants to do it, I'd encourage you to do it because you'll have a lot of fun in the process and you never know where this is going to take you. I certainly never knew because when X came to me and said, I want you to host this podcast, I turned it down four times. You know, and and I've often said to him in the past, Jesus, can you imagine if this would have gone on to have been the success it is and I had nothing to do with it, I'd be forever kicking myself. So you never know what doors are going to open, you never know how much fun you're going to have of it and you never know what opportunities you're going to go on to enjoy. So, but, you know, a massive part of this is because of you guys to help us grow in the confidence that we've got. Um, and, you know, you're a massive part of that and, and being on that journey with us. So, no, we, we, we both thank you very much for that. We do. Mm, and do you want me to really now crush the mood after that? <laughs> <laughs> we probably should have had that as a last question, really. Yeah, yeah go on. Do you know what's hap- just happened? Oh, no, fuck. Villa yeah, ain't scored. Yeah, they have. Oh, my God. You're yeah. joking. No, they've just scored in the 74th minute. Fuck. Yeah, 74th minute, uh, 72nd minute, sorry. E, no, you've heard of this fella. E. Konza Ngoyo has scored in the 72nd minute. Oh, fuck, I can't believe it. Yeah, this okay, Fuck me, I can't believe it. I oh, know. Um, so now. Oh, God, I feel really sick now. Now, if we look at the league table, um, if it stands like that, it puts Aston Villa on 33 points, a point behind us. Um, um, we're on thirty-four. We, we have to beat Watford. It's just simple. Oh, I can't that. believe that. Yeah, right. Anyway, moving oh, on. Oh my! Uh, no, so that's why I didn't listen to the last bit. He just said there because I saw it come up. Um, at Lena WHU, someone we had the privilege to meet in Las Vegas last year. Yeah. Out of Watford, Villa, and Bournemouth, which two would you prefer to be relegated, and why? Presuming we stay up, of course. Watford, Villa, and Bournemouth. Yeah. Which two would I prefer to go down? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably say Villa and Watford. I don't, I don't hold anything against Bournemouth to be honest with you. I've, I've always seen them as the overachievers in the Premier League, and they've never done anything to me. I, I, I couldn't tell you why, but there's something about Watford I'm not very fond of. Uh, and Aston Villa, yeah, I've, I've, I've got. I don't dislike them as such, but. I'd, I'd take Bournemouth staying up over those two. I think I agree with you. I mean, they're all good away days. This I'm basically, yeah, I'm basically yeah. basing it on that. Villa's a great away day. It's not that far, two hours or so up the motorway. And it's a great traditional old ground. Watford's yeah. even less on the motorway. Mm. We tend to do quite well at Watford as mm. well. Mm. But Bournemouth, although probably slightly further than Villa, maybe, um, it's Bournemouth. It's, it's a good weekend, isn't it? It's a good weekend. Yeah. So they don't get me tickets for that game. Um, so I'm just basing it on that. So I think I'd rather Bournemouth as well. Um, at Edward Pierman. Um, hi, fellas. Love the show. Keep up the great work. How are the players finding it playing in an empty stadium? And are they f- finding it easier to play about the mental stress with all the politics that goes on outside the football? That's a good question, you know. And I, I, I hadn't thought, thought of... Um, 
whether you would know the answer to that potentially. Have you had any whispers as to how they felt since they lockdown? Found, I think they found it hard to start with against Wolves. They're a bit like, you know, what the hell's all this? As probably most players are. Yeah. And I, and I actually genuinely thought those players like Anderson and Lanzini, um, Allaire maybe, had he played, would actually play better without the pressure of the fans. But generally, it seems to be the same players that were playing well with fans or without fans, doesn't it? Declan, yeah. Ogbonna, um, Antonio maybe. So I think actually it hasn't made that much difference because it's still the same players performing and the same ones not performing. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's probably the answer, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Um, uh, sorry, I keep putting it back onto my app to see what the score is. No, each I time. can't believe that. Um, at Nathaniel underscore John had this debate with my mates. Is Mark Noble a Premier League great? I said he's a great servant, but not a great for me. Others disagreed and said... Um, he is due to the consistency it takes to play at the top level for so many years oh do you know I think that's such a good question yeah. and I think it's a difficult question to answer and you're probably going to expect pelters uh, with the answer that I'm giving I would say that he's a great servant to West Ham and, and actually achieves legendary status and I know that's that in itself is a big statement because using that word, you put him up there with the likes of your Bobby Moore, your Trevor Brookin, your Billy Bonds, your Julian Dix, your Paolo Di Canio. And as a player, he's not in the same mould. But as a boy from Canning Town, who has been with West Ham his entire career, has been up, has been down, has never once looked elsewhere, I just think... He's been, I don't know, he, he's, he's a treasure to West Ham and it'll be such a sad day when he retires. But is he a Premier League great? No. Not in my opinion. I think I agree with you. Um, I think, sorry, um, uh, I think he is a, a West Ham legend. Well, yeah, legend is a strong word, but he must be getting close to that status now. He's certainly a West Ham hero. Um, yeah. Yes, there's been moments when people say he shouldn't have said that we're not a circus thing. He shouldn't have manhandled that protester, but I think people over-dramatise that. Yeah, That's I That's the heat of the moment. The chairman mm. did look like we're doing well because we'd almost got into Champions League. That's you know, right. And a new stadium to move to, so he didn't know, like most of us, what was that was then going to be. And the protester ran on the pitch at a bad time, and actually... That protester ran on the pitch right from where I sit and the guy got fucking beaten up as he ran back into the stand. He got absolutely taken out by about five or six punches. So Fuckin people hell. stand there saying Noble shouldn't have done that. He should have respected the protest. Oh, well, I'm telling you, that yeah. guy got battered. Um, and um, <laughs> uh, But as a Premier League great... I don't think so. Now, the thing is, the reason I'd say this is if you look at players, when you say a Premier League great, they don't tend to be a kind of workhorse midfielder that doesn't stand out. So, for example, Gareth Barry, by definition, should be a Premier League great because from knowledge, he's probably played the most amount of Premier League games. The fellow was playing um, Premier League when I was still at school. So the fact that, I mean, I know he, I think he, where is he now? West Brom, I think possibly. Yeah, yeah it's but amazing the, that he's still playing. But the fact he's still playing, could be in the Premier League next year if he hasn't, I'm not quite sure where he is now. I think he's at West Brom. But anyway, he's, so he technically should be because the amount of games he's played, mm. you know, you look at someone like um, Michael Carrick, you know, would you classify him as a Premier League great? Probably not. Um, so I do think he's unfortunate in his position, but I don't think you can have a Premier League great that that has 
he hasn't stood out enough for the other clubs. He would have been in the England team by now if he was a Premier mm. League great. You know, Gareth Barry did play mm. for England. So I think he is a West Ham great, but he's not a Premier League yeah. great. I think I agree with you on that one as well. Mm. Um, sorry, I'm a bit behind because it keeps defaulting to um, the, the Everton score. Just still yeah, I can't take my mind off that. No, yeah. me neither. And apparently um, Villa should have had a second. So it's looking like that's a lost cause. I oh, did worry man. about Everton. Everything is on tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it's awfully important. Um, at Elliot underscore WHU, how and why did X become an ITK? I have told this story numerous <laughs> times on on various other podcasts and this podcast and stuff, but in a very, very, very brief nutshell, um, there was a load of ITKs that used to give news as they still do. I would look at it from a fan's perspective, but with knowledge of what was actually going on at the club and say that's bollocks that's bollocks that's not happening that's not happening i was at work my mate vince that you've met said to me if you can if you know that's bollocks why don't you tweet out and be one of these people that gives accurate news out i ummed and ahed about it i was like do i do i do i not do i just leave it blah 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 blah. so i thought okay let's give it a go he said you need a we said we need a distinctive name to stand out hence the x name technically it's true because i did do a bit here and there to get players recommended to the club but more importantly it describes my sources at the time it did anyway mm. my sources rather than me as such so xwhu employee was actually five or six people rather than one yeah um, person putting it all together so to speak um so then I, I thought, right, I'll prove that I'm accurate. First thing I said was that Joe Cole was going to come back to West Ham. He did. That got me credibility. So then I thought, right, I'll that get your up. first tweet, wasn't it? Well, first ever tweet about two weeks before it happened was that Joe Cole was coming back. Um, and then he um, did. And that got me credibility. And I got a number of other things right quite quickly that no one else was saying. Got up to a thousand followers pretty quickly. I'd say within a week. And thought, right, I'll stop at a thousand. I was like, actually, let's just see if I can get to two thousand next week. Uh, let's just see if I can get to free fat and then it got to the point where I was like I'm going to stop at 10,000 and then as I I was doing this it started to get a bit bigger I started to be asked to write for papers websites and so on so I thought actually do you know what I'm going to keep this going for a bit longer see what will happen and then Mm. got up to about 20 quite quickly writing for various West Ham websites then I started to get other sources that would talk to me other people people in the club saying who are you you know started to build up connections with ex-players people in the club you know i thought blimey this is quite cool you know which then got me access to certain things and so it's beginning to become and it was quite you know i'm not gonna lie at the start it was a bit of a trip you know to think right who people were thinking who is this guy you know he gets this right he gets that right how's he do it you know it was a bit of a buzz i guess like banksy gets with his art and stuff <laughs> obviously not to the go no way near the same scale and then it started to progress into other things got to know you the whole itk um thing became quite important for the the podcast cast in the initial days so yep. build it out from that and it's just got to the point now where it's almost quite hard to stop however as i have said on previous shows i am approaching a decision day soon where i am tempted to retire x the itk and let it just be x the opinions and x the 
person on the podcast because it is bloody stressful and it is hard work and you know the whole Allaire thing Sebastian Allaire got a groin injury I told everyone he got a groin injury I told everyone I broke the news he wouldn't be fit for Wolves I was told it was minor and that he should be back for Tottenham or Chelsea or whatever game it was after Tottenham wasn't it and then he didn't make that because he the groin was a bit worse than first feared Moyes decided he wasn't going to pick him anyway he was going to wait towards the end of the season a few fat and then I was told he might be available for Chelsea he wasn't and it ended up being about two games that was slightly out on that although they were two games in a very condensed period and then immediately you fraud you fraud you're fake you're a fraud mm. you're a wanker you're a fraud blah 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 blah, blah. I just think why do I bother with this you know mm. I'm arguing with like idiots basically that don't understand football and are probably trying to get a rise out of me anyway I shouldn't react to it and then I kind of think why do I bother and so I'm at that crossroads so we'll see We'll see where we go, but I'll mm. be I'll be in the game for at least two, three more mm. weeks, and then we'll we'll evaluate in the summer. Um, Fucking hell, that was in a nutshell, wasn't it? That was a nutshell. I'd like to yeah. read the long story. Wait, you wait, it's going to be in a, it's going to be in written and audio form soon, and exclusively to WH Smith. Yeah. So, uh, Fucking um, hell. Right, um, so this is at Claret and Blue Blood. Hope you boys are well. X, you've been quiet of late, worried about you, bud. I'm fine, mate. But um, <laughs> as said, I'm just a bit busy at the moment, although my mm. workload does ease pretty much as of today, which is good. So um, do you think the upturning results is down to Nolan and maybe Nevin more than Moyes? Also, what is your prediction on our final points total? Mm, um well, yeah, I, I can never see Kevin Nolan coming to West Ham as a bad thing. We all know he's got character. We all know he's got leadership skills. He's dabbled in management. So from a coaching perspective, that's where his mindset's at these days. I think no doubt he'll be very much liked. Um, so, yeah, I think he can only have a positive impact. Whether, you know, our performances can be solely put down to Kevin, I think that's unrealistic. But definitely it can only be a good thing that he's there. And I'm pleased he's there because I loved him as a player and I love the fact that he's involved now. Yeah, I think they've had a positive influence, whether it's solely down to them. I think it would be probably a big statement, but I think they've definitely good coaches to have. Um, and oh, this is painful, mate. It just says here, on, I'm on the Sky Sports app, what a chance. Gomez pounce on a loose ball as Consa loses. Yes! Oh, they've scored. <laughs> Walcott Everton have scored. scored. Thank yeah. fuck. Get in. What minute's that? Yeah, 86. Oh, uh, 88th. It's just popped up. Oh, it's a big goal. God, get in, Theo. Theo. Oh, Theo. Theo. That's a big Please goal. Don't there. be VAR. Um, but just before that, it says here, Jamie Carragher. I thought it was in. I couldn't believe it went past the post. And then it's just popped up. Everton one, Aston Villa one. Walcott <sighs> 88. Please be a goal. This this a painful moment where the score at the top still says yeah. one nil Aston Villa, <laughs> and the commentary says one. Oh, I'm gonna actually refresh this. To see what happens. No, this is horrible. I could actually smash my phone. If that's not the end of the world if it's a point. No, that's no, bad that's news if it's a win goal. for Villa. That is a huge goal. Please yeah. stay. It's still saying one nil at the top though, but one all on the score. Do I do? Yes, it's come up as one all. No, oh, please, perfect. Please stay as this. Do not be VAR. Please, I can't. Oh, fuck this that. is the shitness of VAR, mate. Yeah, I know. Goal, I know. I can't actually wait until something else has happened, so I know it's definitely a goal. Yeah, it was a really good header from Walcott and a great cross from Gomez. Apparently, oh, 
fucking get in. Okay, at Claret Ludo, I rewatched the Norwich highlights again yesterday, and the majority of our players congratulated Antonio on his goals, but Noble never went near him. Is that a legacy of the issues within the dressing room a while back? I don't know if you remember because sometimes your memory is not the greatest of your tools. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, no, that's a fair comment. But, um, I um, have hinted in yeah. the past. Now is not the time to bring it up. But I have hinted in the past that Antonio and Noble have had their issues. Now, I've told you the story off air. Um, I don't know if you remember it. I'll have to read. Yeah. Um, I remember that there were issues. The specifics escaped my mind. But... Yeah, there's specific issues, but there has been historical problems. I didn't think there still What, clash was. of personalities? an incident that occurred right. once upon a time um, I don't think that there has been any incidents of that and I mean we're talking two years or yeah. so ago yeah. um, I haven't heard that there's any particular issue between those two since then but historically there was but I don't think it's a particularly issue now um, at P Simmons 3 which players would you sign from Norwich, Bournemouth and Villa assuming they go down um, what one player from each? Yeah, Norwich. I would look at either Aaron's or Cantwell. I think I might. Cantwell would have to do something with that Barnet, though, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's a bit. Can't have him turn up at West Ham with air like that. No, although Carroll did for years. Didn't uh, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Aaron's I like as a right back. Yeah, quick, but, isn't he? Yeah, I also like um, what's his name? Ber- Berman Dia, I think his name is. But whether he's quite good enough for West Ham or the Premier League, I'm not sure. I wouldn't even be. I'd even be slightly tempted to try Pook. Pookie um, mm. as a finisher. I know he's sort of gone off the boil a little bit, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I would definitely. I think out of all of them, I'd probably take Campwell. I like his work ethic and his yeah. ability. Um, Bournemouth, yeah. I would probably take Aki, the centre back. Would you? Yeah, I think. Surprised he, you overlooked Wilson and King there. Yeah, I think I would take Aki because I think he's actually got the ability to go on to a better level. Wilson, I think, is injury prone. Yeah. And so I would be worried that we'd pump forty-five million. I mean, he'd be injured and mm. King I'm just I'm not sure he's consistent enough for me so I think mean, I'd go okay out of all of them That's interesting. Um, and then who's the other one Villa obviously Grealish would be the obvious, yeah. obvious one but I think he'd go to someone bigger than I'm us I'm not sure who I, who I would go for other than Grealish um, I, like, I think Mings is alright oh Mings yeah, yeah. So yeah he's got involved in the England set up recently hasn't he? yeah I don't know how good the fullbacks are at those two clubs if I'm honest with you um, I think um, Bournemouth's keeper uh, Begovic. What's his name? No, he's gone now, isn't he? Is he? Um, Rams, Ramsdale, is that his name? Oh, right. I think he's a young English keeper. Be tempted to look at him for the future, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, at Villa. Um, uh, I can't even think who else there is now. That The forward. I'm so tempted to look at the score again. That's what's putting me off. When you mentioned Villa. <laughs> Should I do it? It's, that's, it's actually put me off to the point where I don't think I can not click on it. <laughs> yeah, go on, mate. in the last few minutes. Yeah, it's, right. yeah, it's got to be at the death now, Still surely. One one, good. Calvert Lewis misses a huge chance. Oh, that says, fuck's sake. I don't rate that fella. He had a few goals recently, but oh, still going. Fuck, I don't like this. <laughs> fuck, it's literally updating shitloads of things. Right, it's still one all. I think Walker. I think Calvert Lewis. Lewin. Lewin. Sorry, it might have been um, might have been before that goal because it's all kind of no it. I know. I it seems work. a bit hectic there yeah, on the old timeline. Li- yeah, I think at the timeline's just gone a bit mental. Um, I think it's one all. Still, no, it is still one all. Good. Um, yeah. Oh, 
been better if they can nick a winner. Well, it like they came close just then. Yeah. Um, right, anyway, so let's move on. I distracted myself there, but at Daniel Lacey, eight, hey, from last week, but hopefully still valid. What's your thoughts on Rice handing back the captain's armband in the Newcastle game when Noble came on? My thought would be Rice has built up the rapport with the ref during the game, so I should have remained captain. It's funny because actually when he came on, I noticed that happen and immediately I thought that's not a good thing to do because I agree, he's built up the rapport with the ref, but also he's gone into that game as the captain and the players have known he's the captain. So they've been looking to him to be the captain. So he's the one that's maybe said, right, oh, Bonnie, you need to clear it quicker or he's had conversations here, there and everywhere. When Noble comes on, he's taken over the arm, but he doesn't know what's happened before that's all happened. I don't think you should do that. I think whoever goes into the game as captain should remain as captain. It should be their game as captain. Yes, everyone knows that when Noble comes on, he is the official captain, but you don't need to take over the armband for 15 minutes. What does that say? The only time, maybe, maybe when you might do that is if your team's losing 1-0, say, and your captain's maybe coming back from injury, and it's like, yes, he's back, here's the captain armband, boom, the captain's there. That might give you a psychological lift, but I don't think... Um, I don't think he should have done that in that game. I agree with the guy. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I think before I heard you answer that question, in my mind I was thinking if you're the club captain and you're on that pitch, you have to have the armband on. Mm-hmm. And Declan Rice is the vice captain. Yeah. So if Mark Noble shares, shares the same blades of grass with him, he has to be wearing that armband. But hearing that answer kind of makes me think, actually, yeah, you're right. We were playing well. He had the rapport with the with the ref. Um, he was playing well. He was obviously doing very well as a captain. So it's kind of a case of why fix it if it ain't broken. Exactly. All, all because of a bit of elastic around your arm. Yeah, exactly. And it's so also, I think you're quite right, actually. And if you think of it as a, in a sort of a job, I always try to relate it to the real world, right? Let's just say your boss was off sick or whatever. I, I know it's not technically what you do, but in any job, your boss was off sick, yeah? You've mm. stepped in. You've led that team really, really well up until a deadline. And then the boss just walks in and says, All right, cheers, Dave, but give it back to me now. And kind <laughs> yeah. of takes over and you've like motivated the staff to do well or whatever you've you've spoke to your i know your client you've had a a good deal with them and then the the other guy walks in and says right cheers mate but step back a bit sunshine yeah yeah you'd be like what the fuck you know and you'd also be like yeah i know he's the boss but let me complete the job here and i think the same scenario applies here everyone knows that noble's gonna take the armband back thereafter but mm. just let rice continue with it even if noble comes on the pitch and acts like a captain alongside rice fine do that you can only have so you need leaders on the pitch but you don't need to make the physical gesture of giving the armband to mm. someone obviously when a player goes off and he's subbed off and he's the captain he does give the armband to someone else so they can see right now that leader's gone off we're looking to this fella here but mm. to take it off someone that's already leading i don't think you should do personally so do, do you know if I was Mark Noble, now I'm not for one second saying this is what he should do, so just to be clear on that, but if I was Mark Noble at this point in his career, I think if I didn't play tomorrow and we won the game and we had Aston Villa on the last game of the season and I did play and that was my 500th appearance and we was already safe, I think I'd retire after that game. 
Really? I think I possibly really? even announced. Do you know? I've, and I'm only saying this is me. I'm not saying he should, but I just think 500 appearances is incredible. What an incredible landmark! It would have been on the back of us staying up. So the last day of the season actually is going to be very relaxed. And to a degree, be going out at the top rather than going to another season where he probably isn't going to be the first name on the team sheet week after week. There might be mounting pressure for Declan Rice to take over the armband in the long term. It might be one season too many at the age of what would be 34 next season to keep playing at that level week in, week out with the growing pace of the game and the growing amount of stick that he gets when he doesn't perform. Mm. Maybe... In my mind, if I was Mark Noble, I'd be thinking, this is it, this is my time. 500 appearances, I've got a, a career to be proud of, I've got an unbreakable relationship with the fans, the club have just stayed up, I'm going to walk away. It's a very interesting comment, what you've just said there, and I think it will cause debate to the listeners, which is great. Um, I think for the first time this show, I'm actually going to disagree with you on that one. Right. And, and the reason I'm going to do that is because I think... I'm, I must reiterate... This would be my mindset if I was Mark Noble. Okay. I'm not saying he should do it. Yeah, I understand. Um, and, I, and it also wouldn't surprise me if he did do it. Okay, see, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm going to think along the same lines if I'm Mark Noble, right? I don't think I would do that. And the reason I would think this is because, firstly, I would like to think that I still have something to offer next season, which I still think he does. I mm. still think he's got at least one more season in him potentially a stretch too as a bit part but he's certainly got one more season left in him next season West Ham could get to the cup final right and I'm thinking I've bowed out that we stayed up at in relegation great you know and then mm. next year they got to the cup final and I wasn't around I think he could still manage at least another 20 games next year let's say um, I think he has uh, as a professional footballer your career is so short anyway why for sentimental reasons technically are you gonna cut your career short by a year when technically your sh career is very short anyhow um and mm. i think i think he doesn't need to do that i think he'll still be remembered even if he plays 20 games next year he almost like successfully handing over the reins to declan rice if assuming declan rice is still there but successfully handing over to the reins what could happen is that declan rice goes in the summer and then we're like right we've got no captains here and then you need him more than anything i think he should stay on at least another year i think a year i feel comfortable with two i'm not so sure but certainly one more year see how the season goes you're right it's a gamble because if he gets relegated next year and his shit and everyone's like why is he still playing yeah it's not a great way to end so it is a gamble but the thing about mark noble is he's been written off so many times before and came back each time mm. you know improved himself and i think I, if i were him i would want well, i wouldn't want to go out and just survive in relegation in an empty stadium as well mate. Mm. You know, you're well that's him, a good point you're giving him like he's testimonial that, game in an empty yeah, stadium that's a good, but then I, again he has had his testimonial I know but I, but that was that in was, happier times yeah and that was four years ago and the fella's yeah. still turning it on I mean yeah. I, I would I would want to go out with fans in that stadium that's a good point to, that's a good point more. yeah is it right for him to walk away when there's no one in the stadium to give him yeah. a standing ovation I think that, yeah do you know what I think that alone in my opinion, is the only thing that makes me think twice. Everything else you said there, it can have the opposite effect. I mean, I remember Gary Neville talking about his retirement from Man United, and he said he reached a point where he carried on longer than he should have done, yeah. and he started to regret staying on because I think he got roasted yeah, West at West Brom, Brom. Was, yeah. and he said 
for the first time, he started to feel like he was damaging his legacy at United. Yeah, yeah. So he had to call it a day. And you look at Eric Cantona, who did the opposite and bailed out at like 28, 29, was he? I think yeah. he was at the peak of his time at Manchester United. Yeah. And people remember him as an absolute legend, an absolute yeah. great. Arguably, how Manchester United went from not winning the league since the 60s or whatever um, to being a world force. He almost turned them around. Yeah. So you can argue that. You're right. Yeah. Um, but then, but then you look at someone like, I don't know, Teddy Sheringham, who was a legend at Tottenham for them, a legend for Manchester United, got to the, like winning the Champions League with Man United scoring and then setting up in the final in 1999. Yeah. He went on to play till we played in the cup final for West Ham in 2006. I mean, he played the, possibly the season after that you know that's another but seven years Teddy Sheringham was world class Mark Noble isn't world class and mm. some players can go until they're 40 it's quite rare but some players can I, I just don't think Mark can and you're saying about Mark still turns it on for me he turns it on one game in every five or six and that isn't good enough for me anymore. You know, yeah, this season. Just, well, yeah, but he's but a captain. He, yeah, this is the one season agree, where you want him doing a Declan yeah, Rice and, and turning up week in, week 100%. out. 100%. But then you look at this season, mate, who has done that? Declan Rice, yes. Declan um, Rice, um, yeah. Bonner, maybe. Um, Antonio hasn't really. Yes, he's been good recently prior to to this he had good games and he was very, very important Fab, well Fabianski he's been a bit bit shady since lockdown but he's no, only... not a bit shady he's not been the same keeper since uh, well, the, um, yeah I don't think he's been horrendous injury, he's had he a couple of yeah but then how many games are we talking now yeah, but he's not been top form like he was. The only people out of this season, mate, honestly, that have consistently performed week in, week out, mm. really, is Declan Rice and Ogbonna, I would say, and possibly Antonio. And yes, Bowen and Suchet when they've come in. Yeah. No one else has. Uh, well, I, th I think that's a bit harsh on Fabianski. He's had a couple of ropey games since since coming back from injury. Bad, but I wouldn't say he's no. bad, but you're saying, but I'm But then we, we were naming half the fucking first team there, really. Yeah, but no, but, no we're not. We're well, judging four players there out of 11 well that's not half firstly well and not also, not far off either <laughs> the squad is like 23 players yeah so, but where the squad generally has been shit well, but then I mean. but then with Mark Noble we're talking about our club captain he should be yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those names we're talking yes, about and, and he I, isn't yeah and that is a fair and, and is he going to improve as he gets older no, not necessarily, but it depends how you use him. If you use him, like I said, 20 games next year, you use him strategically, he tends to generally play well against Chelsea or Tottenham or someone, so you put him yeah, in for a big game away from I'm happy with like that. that. Happy with him as a squad player next yeah, season. me too. I'm not saying yeah, he should start. Yeah. I'd be disappointed if we're going into next season saying, right, first names on the team sheet, Rice, Bowen, Noble. I would be disappointed in that. Yeah. It should be that he is an option now rather yeah. than a a necessity yeah um, I'm happy with that but, well, then happy that's with that. why he needs to stay on beyond this season yeah, and not retire yeah, anyway yeah. Um, no I, I'm happy with that I, I literally I was saying in my own mind but I think if there were fans there I would if, if it was me and I could morph myself into Mark's body and, and put Dave Walker in his life I'd probably walk away if there were fans in that stadium at the end of this season see, I don't think I would um, but you know, yeah, if, listen, I'm and not saying I want him to go. If he stays, good luck to him and he'll be a good squad player. And but... maybe this is a reflection on me as the ITK type thing because maybe <laughs> I should, you know, there's a point in my head. I'm thinking maybe I should bail out soon because I don't want to go out yeah, no, as, I can understand as being that. someone that is not as good as they used to be. People yeah. like to claim I am not as good as I used to be, but actually... 
that's wrong. I have more sources so now than if I've you, ever if had. You, if you suddenly wasn't as good as you used to yeah. be consistently, yeah. would you walk away? I think so. Unless, uh, unless See, I would, which is yeah. why I'm putting myself in Mark's mind. Well, now. yeah, unless I was getting the odd massive exclusive here and there, yeah. I might carry on. But, uh, <laughs> but, but on the whole, yes. Yeah. And people like to make out, now. I'm not as good. That's just bullshit. That's a dig, actually. Yeah. I'm better now than I've ever been because I've got more sources across the thing. What people don't understand is, is that I do a podcast every week for um, 15 minutes or yeah. not as much this week but generally every single week yeah, I do that without fail. And so, without fail a majority of those things happen what I don't do now is tweet as regularly but it's all in the podcast so it's it's yeah. much as much um but um yeah if it got to a point where i was scraping around giving shit news and stuff i think i would retire but um and maybe i need to bail out of the top as well sort of thing but we should see um at james one nine seven nine four i know we're gonna have to be quick with these so let's yeah. try and be prompt do you think it's a coincidence that the last two to three games we have played so much better without felipe anderson in the team uh, absolutely no coincidence whatsoever mm. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what more I can add to that. To be honest with you, okay. I, I, I want him gone in the summer. What the first name on the team sheet? I try and shift. Do you know? I would rather shift Lanzini than him. I, I want. I want to get rid of the pair of them. I think Lanzini's been poor for longer than Anderson. Yeah. I think Anderson played well last year, majority of the time. Um, yeah, but... it's not. Beer, but Anderson ain't psychologically strong enough. No. He can't cope. In my opinion, he can't cope with the expectation of fans. Yeah. If he's playing in a stadium where no one knows who he is, he'll be the best player on the pitch. But I just don't think he can cope with the pressure. No. The expectation is Which too is much for him. strange because he played for Lazio before. And he's played for yeah, but their fans said he was very inconsistent when he yeah, came to us. True, but he must have been semi-decent to command a 40 million Yeah, of course. Transfer. Yeah, um, bit like Hilaire. Yeah, and Lazio fans are. I'm not disputing it. Lair wasn't decent. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's decent for West Ham. Yeah. The same as I say for Lanzini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, y Saunders. I know the managers, players, GSB and VAR have taken equal blame in our poor performances, but don't you think it was about time the Claret Carpet had a look at itself? Hasn't really performed <laughs> since its arrival last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does look very good, but, you know, when you look at its consistency levels, not, not great, to be fair. No, and I mean, there is obvious funny things to say about that, but the reason I kind of threw that in is obviously it's comical, but I think something that we haven't talked about maybe on this show yet and we can't dwell on it I'm just going to state the simple fact that VAR is a load of bollocks oh because, yeah and the thing is, from day one the thing is it's not the technology because it's the technology does what the technology is meant to do when you remember to switch it on yeah. like the fucking Aston Villa game yeah. that yeah. screws us over unbelievable, unbelievable. but um but it's the fact you still got a human eye trying to judge yeah. the same. It's still at the hands thing. of human error. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I I tweeted on the back of Danny Gabadon saying I do believe ex players should maybe have a goal. Though yeah. in fairness, they do contradict themselves on that. But at the end of the day, you just need someone that can actually do their bloody job properly. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have the controversy than that technology. Yeah, I think I would as well. I hate the fact like when I was looking on the app there to yeah. see Everton has scored, you're waiting for it to be cancelled. Yeah, of course you are. You know, yeah, and it I takes know. away the it's edge a killer. completely. Yeah. Modern at, football. Yeah, at DSNONAP, if you could have one of these in their prime back for the last three games of the season, who would you choose? McCloscoe, Dix, or Cotty? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm comfortable enough with Fabianski, so I'm going to go not by my favourite player, but what I think we need yeah. for the last three games. 
Uh, oh, it's a tough one between TC and, and Dixie. I, I think I'm edging possibly towards Dixie purely because we need his leadership. And we need, a left and we back. need his quality. We need a left back, yeah. yeah. TC, we need goals. I mean, at the moment, Antonio's banging him in. And also, you could argue that, as I've said plenty of times, without the service, TC ain't going to score anything. Wouldn't, I don't think he could play in a 4-5-1 either. No, he, I agree. I agree. Oh, Potentially very interesting alongside Hilaire. Yeah, that's um, when I could see that. Word yeah, but I mean, Dixie's my all-time great. And uh, the fact that we need a full-back and we need leadership, it's got to go to him for me. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that for the good same question, reasons. Though. Yeah, it was a good question. All three of them absolute legends and yeah. some of my favourite players yeah. there. But I think, good people as well yeah that's right and I think but the need for me yeah. um, goes for Dixie um, at GJGC Bailey do you and Dave Walker think Jeremy and Gakia was right to turn down the contract offer recently um, Saka from Arsenal has just signed a new deal worth 30k a week and he is only 18 and he's one year younger well this was my whole argument because you know, he's, people were saying, yeah, but he's only played three or four games. At the end of the day, he's a Premier League player in a Premier League squad that plays in a very, very well-paid industry. Mm. And that's a prime example. You've got a kid there at Arsenal. I've never even heard of him. Mm. He's just been given 30 grand a week. Now, do I think we should have given Jeremy 30 grand a week? No. But in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what his peers are being paid, you have to be realistic and you have to keep up with everyone else around you. Otherwise, you will lose players. Mm. And I, I still think it was a bollock drop by West Ham. Now, to, to definitively answer that question is difficult without knowing where Jeremy's going. Now, I think there's absolutely categorically no way he would have walked away from West Ham without having an option. I think he's been tapped up. Mm-hmm. I think his agent is having conversations whilst he's at West Ham. Yes. And they, well, there you go. And they've already had something lined up. He's had dinner in Watford quite a lot. Well, there you go. No coincidence there, I'm sure. So... Um, you know, is he is he being signed for 30, 40 grand a week because there was no transfer fee uh, and he's on a promise of first-team football? If that's the case, you probably can't blame him. Mm, I, I think I agree. And also, whilst I understand the logic in trying to keep wage budgets within a certain... Um, Radius, I guess. Well, get rid of fucking range. Jack Wilshere then, who's fucking played yeah. twice for us this season yeah, on 100 yeah. grand a week. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, you look at so like imagine if like I don't know, imagine if Harry Kane when he was breaking through at Tottenham had asked for um yeah three grand and they'd said ah oh, no actually that's too much mate I don't think we're gonna imagine on the player yeah they missed out you can say that about any of the young yeah. English players well we pissed about long enough on Declan's wage well, yeah, didn't exactly. we exactly so imagine if we didn't have get him yeah, signed exactly. up we'd have lost out on so I think yeah I can agree and I actually I think we I would if Jeremy was still here I'd be playing him at right back over Fredericks. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's a shame that we've actually lost someone that we could have done with in the relegation battle. This is the mm. last question, and I think it's fitting to put it in. And it's from Brawley Dorban. Um, oh, yeah. Good, good lad. Um, actually, the co-host of the American West Ham Way podcast. Absolutely. Um, really top bloke. Again, someone we met in Las Vegas. Again, someone we should be seeing this summer. But yep. um, hopefully we'll see him soon. And also, um, more importantly, big congratulations to him. That's why I put this in. Because He's stolen my fun. Sorry, 
I thought you were going to miss that. I'll zip this. Yeah. So Go on, mate. Carry the on. Question set is, and I was going to follow on with that. Um, thoughts on football keeping five substitutions next season? So that's his question. And then secondly, any tips on becoming a father and raising a little hammer? Cheers, boys. Hope to see you next season. So yes, congratulations to Paulie. Yeah. A massive moment for him. It's an amazing experience being a dad. I've had the privilege three times. Yeah. You've had the privilege two times if you don't include all your pets. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, the wife's still breastfeeding the dog, so <laughs> yeah, I think it's an amazing experience being a dad. I mean, at times, don't get me wrong, mm. it's bloody hard work. Either my eldest is turning nine soon, my middle one is six, and my youngest is 18 months. That gap of like four and a half years or whatever has made me realize you forget almost quite how hard work babies and toddlers are, yeah. Uh, but I'm lucky, yeah. but I, I, I've got two girls and a boy, I always wanted a boy as well as the girls so I love him to bits he's the app of my eye he's hard work but it is absolutely an amazing experience love it to bits we were just talking mm. off air about how quickly it flies of your eldest um, gotcha. um, growing up so quickly and my eldest similarly um, so it's an amazing experience congratulations Brawley you did well you've finished the product brilliantly <laughs> there and as I said in my tweets I'm excited for you as on the topic he obviously of, delivers in the box we can do with him at West Ham well, he does we? exactly you know he tucks it away great finish great build up play you know there's there's a, a top all round performance there yeah absolutely you know um, doesn't bottle it um, anyway there's a stop um, but the question of five substitutes there's I think there's swings and roundabouts with this I think I don't like the fact that you can slow the game down so much by bringing on although you do have windows I think you can bring them on but I don't like the fact you can do that I also think it benefits the bigger teams in some ways because they've got better yeah, squads yeah. so they've got better options to yeah. choose from from the bench um, I think it also enables those bigger teams to keep more players happy because there's more chance of giving them some minutes um, so they can buy amazing players and not necessarily promise them a start because they say look you're going to be a sub you might work your mm. way in we're allowed five subs blah 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 on the flip side I think it gives options for younger players but certainly mm. at clubs like West Ham where your squad isn't as big you've got more chance of academy players yeah. being able to force their way in and we always say that academy football is hard to break through it should then in turn benefit the national side because mm. naturally more of your academy players are going to be English so it gives them more um, exposure to first team football than perhaps they would necessarily get so I do think it swings and roundabouts given the choice if you used to say to me five subs or three um, I would go with three at the moment I think because I don't like all the changes that are coming into football mm. recently I'm not sure any of them have really pleased me so with that history I think I'd stick with three Can you explain to me the benefit and the necessity of these water breaks at the moment? Um, no, I don't really know why they've introduced this. That's just so pointless. It's... You're stopping the game just so they can have a drink of water. What? It's not going to prevent COVID, is it? The, the players are not in such a physical shambles that they have to have... They have to stop a game of football to drink a bottle of water. I What's think the it's point to of do it? With the changing climate, like because like obviously changing climate. But <laughs> I think I might be wrong, but but obviously they don't tend to play at this time of year, do they? Like in May, June, July, competitive football. I don't know me. if that's a reason. I've literally speculated that. I actually don't know what the reasons is. It's probably like you say related to COVID, but I don't quite know how it would prevent nah. it by having a water break. Maybe it is because if you've got bottles of water. 
lying around the pitch. If you, you can't, you'd have to have your own bottle, if that makes sense. Like, you can't pick up a bottle that's on the side of the pitch like you used to be able to do and take a swig, put it down, and then the next player takes a swig. You've probably, like you did at school, got your own named water bottle. So who's the poor but, bastard that's got to pick all these up when they're done with well, it? Then? I know, exactly. Well, that's why they have it organised. So they give it out <laughs> and probably collect it back in at the end of the day. That's but, fucking uh, stupid. I'm sure someone will tweet us and tell us the reason yeah. for it, but... There you go, and that is the end, my friend. Brilliant. Well, it's good to be back with you, mate, and yeah, I do mean that. I yeah, really I do, do mean do that. It's been well. good fun, um, you know, sitting face to face with you again, and no doubt, probably a better quality of sound as well, because obviously we've had to rely on Skype and Zoom yeah. and this, and you can this read kind each of thing. Other's body language. That's right. Helps, yeah, so you God can... knows what you've read from me. I've just been laying in fucking bed, half naked, for the last two hours. <laughs> <Because> I... <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Actually, maybe I should go on that note. But, um, but, but, yeah, um, but yeah, no, it has been good. Yeah, it has been good. And and that is the end of the show. So as always, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for giving us your questions. And let's hope West Ham get free priceless please, points against Watford. <laughs> Look after yourselves. Be lucky. And until next week, come on you irons. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.